Let's go down the ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys very much for being back with us here. It is episode number 183, and it is now July, Monday, July the 6th, 2020. We are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again, as always. I'm Joe Murata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy diddy. Summer is heating up, Michael. The heat is on. The heat is on, baby. That song. Yes, that's exactly that song. Mm-hmm. And folks, we are here to romp you through not only the summer, but the world of retro wrestling yet again. We have some topics in store for you. You can tell us if they're good or not. Uh, but before we get to any of that, we want to remind you guys, if you want your fix of the clips, you can go follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast, right, Quinn? The clips. Yeah, OVP Podcast slash clips. Yes. Like- <laughs> Twitter slash clips. Twitter slash clips. If you want, like, on this day type of stuff, some obscure, some current common stuff, just go follow us on Twitter. All the best. All the best. All the best clips. clips. (laughs) At OVP Podcast. You can also email us, of course, if you want to, at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the greatest place to talk to you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Over at Facebook.com slash clips. Oh, slash clips. It's the clippiest site. So that's on Facebook if you have if you've right. ever heard of it. Yeah. You know, you might have one of there's those. A, there's a search bar over there though. Okay, what do you do? You know how you get to the group and everything, right? Yeah, right, right. You go type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing bang boom, tubes, gore, kaflui, and you hit the button and you're in. You just join the group? It's free? Over at slash clips or whatever. Is it free? Yeah. Oh, it's one hundred percent free. It's one hundred percent free. So if you have a Facebook and you don't want to use it to uh, deal with your relatives, you can at least use it to uh hang out with the OVP family. What we do over there, folks, on Facebook slash clips, is it? Yes. Facebook slash clips. That's the site. Is we talk about the retro wrestling, but we talk about it in a way where we're nice to each other. You don't have to agree on everything, but we do have one principal rule, Quinn. It is don't be what? A dingus. Don't be a dingus. And that basically means don't be a jerk. Don't be a meanie. Don't be a, uh, a poophead. Yeah, we, none of those things. Don't be one of those. Just be nice to each we other. We don't condone any of that. It's not condoned over there, but you know what is condoned? Fun retro wrestling discussion. So if you uh, want to be a part of that, go to our Facebook group. And a little bit later on, I'm going to give you some info, but we have a Patreon. That's if you want to support us. This is not some kind of scheme. Uh, it's not a get-rich-quick type of deal. It's Step-toe. A, it's not mm-hmm. step-toe and son. It's all about the content, really. Right. It's it's content-related. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's, what, that's the name of the Patreon. Yes. Content. <laughs> Uh, OVP podcast content related. Yes, exactly. That, that's it. And that's if you want to support us, you're going to get a lot of stuff in return. That's over at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Michael, this season with our new opening segment, which people seem to like so far. So thank you guys and send us your suggestions for this one. We have been talking about those guys. You know, everyone likes a new uh, a new wrestler. Give mm-hmm. someone a shot. You know, an up and comer, a blue chipper, a hot prospect. Somebody maybe coming in a house of fire. Lots of potential, improving his game. And sometimes these up-and-comers, well, they just shoot out of the stratosphere one day. I'm talking about your Rocky Maivia's, your Steve right. Austin's, right? But that's not what we're talking about no, here. because yeah. sometimes these up-and-comers, you know, they don't quite make it. So this season, folks, we are talking about those up-and-comers that never came. 
very upsetting. It's, it's, it's sad. <laughs> it's, it's just... Uh, now, this one was suggested by our good friend of the show, our chief statistician, Joe Merkel. So I figure we'll give this one a whirl. And again, folks, be sure to give us your suggestions. We are taking them. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us or join the group. But Quinn, we are talking about Superfly CV Offie. Superfly Offie! Yes. Fake Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> fake so, Jimmy So, wait a second. Snuka. Did he have the name Superfly yes. at any point? He did. Yes. Okay. So, all right. Let's, let's get That's into That's weird. Yeah. I, nobody ever says that. Or, yeah. So, C.V. Offie, this is the funny thing about him. is he, had, he was not a rookie when he came to the World Wrestling Federation, folks. This guy was born in 1949. Okay. All right. So, he's 71 now. And when he debuted in the WWF, he was 36 years old. That's and not the worst. It's not really Isn't old, like right? Isn't Batista that old or something? <laughs> I swear. Yeah, and El Duque on the yeah. Yankees. But yes, uh, and he was uh, actually from Samoa, and his name is Maximata Taogaga. Well, that's now, a name that they could definitely <laughs> use in wrestling. So he was uh, C.V. Afi in the WWF. Now, he had started wrestling in 1975 at the age of 26. Okay. So normal career. Good thing started on this Saturday night. We've got Scott Ferris and Jimmy Afi going against each other. And that was mainly down in uh, New Zealand, of all places, was in he Australia. An there too? I think he was, oh, yeah. right? And uh, in Japan and a few places like that. And I guess his biggest claim to fame ever as a wrestler, besides being fake Jimmy Snuka, would be that he actually wrestled Ric Flair uh, somewhere down. I think it was in Hawaii. When was this? When he was 85. like Richard Flair? Not <laughs> no, like, no, not 85. 85? When Flair was the traveling NWA world champion. Why would he even <laughs> well, spend any time? What is this, a jobber match? And, uh, <laughs> like, I don't get what it is. NWA had a territory down there, and Ric Flair was their champion, so he went down there and he wrestled uh, Siviafi. And that's that. And then in, here's the thing, right? In January of 1986, so let's set the table here. January of 1986. Now, Jimmy Snuka... The Superfly, you might have heard of him, I've good heard. things or bad things, yeah. okay. right? possibly. He had really kind of left the WWF once and for all in mid-85. Okay. His last notable appearance is as the quarterman of Hulk Hogan and Mr. T at WrestleMania. Right. I mean, this is the thing where he appeared and like, we thought, oh, he's coming back and he's going to be friends with Hulk and right. Mega Powers <laughs> Part 1 or something. Yeah, but was not to be... He left, and he obviously, folks, had been a big star in 83, 84, the feud with Piper, a lot of great things, the Superfly Splash on Morocco. So in January of 86, they bring in C.V. Afi <laughs> at Madison Square Garden is the most, like, fun, the funniest time to see this. Howard Finkel announces, Superfly! And everyone flips out. Right, yeah. C.V. Afi! Horrible. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> like the, the whole time. From the Fiji Islands... Basically, they build this guy as the cousin, and he wasn't, of Jimmy Snuka. And right out of the <sighs> gate, that screwed him over. So here's the thing is, I don't even think they say cousin, but I don't think that's what they were going for. <laughs> no. I think they were going for, no, this is him. <laughs> because that, that is the biggest problem. And I'm, you know, it's very rare that they wholesale try to like just replace somebody like this, like fake Razor Ramon. Almost. Yeah, that's the only other time I can think about it. <laughs> yeah, like where much. they just literally like they said, well, we own the character, 
let's just have someone else play him, right? <laughs> but this is like the early thing. The, the the difference, at least with the fake Razor and fake Diesel, is like I think they knew no one would like it, and That's that was kind of that was kind of the point. Yes, but like with this, they thought. Oh, he sort of looks like him enough that you know we don't have we don't have to lie to them and say his name's right. the same. Right. But but if we just put Superfly in front of Siviafi, they'll just forget about that Jimmy Snuka guy right. who was Superfly, and they'll just this will be the new one. Anybody can do what he does, and that's like putting RC Cola in a Coke can. Yeah, is basically what they did. They're like, no, it's the same. It's it, the same it, thing. It's, Trust it's us. It's exactly the same. His hair is similar. He wears the the wife's underwear. All that. It's all there. So he, uh, despite the fans immediately pretty much turning on him, for one distinct sin, he wasn't Jimmy Snuka. That's it. He could have been the greatest wrestler in the world. But you come in, and he wasn't, trust me. But you come in, and you're not Jimmy Snuka, and you're cold superfly, like, F you, right? Right, yeah. This is a very bad mistake for an up-and-comer right away. And it's not his fault. So he actually gets some wins over people like Bret Hart, you know, well, 86 I mean, Bret Hart. Yeah, you know, Vince had me uh, wrestle this guy. He thought he was like Jimmy Snuka, but I, I thought I could have had a good match with him. And uh, he's finally defeated for the first time by Jim Neidhart, so that's right. kind of funny. And by, like, eight months in, right? So he comes in in January. By the end of the summer, he's already on job duty. Right. <laughs> he's on job duty, and then, wasn't, didn't they, like... I swear this happened where they would like tag him a lot with like oh yeah like Haku or something you know the yes. Tongan kid yeah. or whatever you got it. Stevie Office and from the island of Tonga at 273 pounds, King Tonga, and their partner also from Tonga at 230 pounds, the Tonga Kid. So he lingers around, right, throughout 87, and he's basically, at this point, an enhancement talent with a gimmick name. Right. You know what? He's one of those. He's basically, like, it's like, here's the remnants of this thing that didn't work. Right. Like that, and, That's what it always felt like. Right? Wait, why did they still have like right. this car that didn't sell, basically? You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? It's the Edsel yeah. of the WWF. It's like having a DeLorean after <laughs> yeah. like they went out of business. Right, exactly. <laughs> so he's there, and he lingers around throughout 87. And then he just is flat out a heel, teams up with Haku to, first of all, he's with Tama, right? right. I think for like one match, it's a three-man Islanders. Tama's good. Tama's awesome. Yeah. Tama's legit he's good. Very, very underrated. And Haku's good. Yeah. And then he's a heel as High Chief Afi. High Chief, the Samoan warrior, Afi! And this is where he's actually gotten now, and I don't know if it's wrestling related or he just wanted to do it, the uh, traditional Samoan tattoos and all that on his legs. I don't, this High Chief thing, (laughs) it's it's just from one imitation to the next. Because now he's High Chief Peter Maivia, basically. But nobody, like, remembers him by, like, 1988 or whatever. It's true, yeah, it's 88. It's 88. Yeah, no one, seriously, like, it's funny about High Chief is because he was really popular, but he's one of those characters that, like, is from the 70s. Just very 70s, right? Very 70s and very, like... They always have to like educate you that he existed every couple of years. Like, did you ever notice that? Like, especially in the nineties, they're like, "Hi, Chief. He was a legend." And you're like, "Where is he?" Like, you're he, like, "Yeah, he probably was, but I don't know anything about right, it." They you would know? show like an old clip, and they're like, "He's the Rock's grandpa." <laughs> like, and it's like 
that's why you should care. You know, you know what I mean? It's real. They're really like nepotism, so right, you should yeah, care, yeah. essentially. But he did have a good feud with Backlund. But back to uh, High Chief Afi here. So he, the unfortunate thing for him is like right after going through all this and turning heel like out of nowhere and teaming up with, and he still acts like a face, by the way, and teaming up with Haku, is they're just like, oh, you know what? We're going to make Haku a king now, so fuck you. Yeah. Well, CB Afi, well, he's a high chief, so maybe they can be like kind of friends you in, would think, in, in the but, royal castle of Tonga or something. But not really. Uh, and they actually take him off TV. Aw. And he kind of fizzles out on the house show circuit. No gimmick anymore. No manager. No tag partner. How old was this guy by this point now? 37, 30, no, 38, 39. Okay. And uh, he leaves WWF in August of 88. So right around the time of SummerSlam. And then, <laughs> just found this funny. I found this out. He became a, um, a stuntman. What? Yes. And then he became a bodyguard for Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> do you how much you want to bet that the reason Burt Reynolds is at um WrestleMania ten has like <laughs> even a modicum of something to do with this? Because it seems a little too coincidental. XWF guy goes to work for Burt Reynolds like a couple years later, <laughs> Burt Reynolds is in WF. Like I'm just saying. Well, it's possible. Maybe uh, he whispered in his ear, you should contact Vince McMahon. Call Vince. But really what he's thinking in his head is like, oh, if we can just get in contact again, they'll hire me back. I won't have to work for Burt Reynolds like standing around while he's eating cookies or whatever. <laughs> Do you think he took Burt Reynolds to FanFest? Oh, he showed yeah, him around. 100%. <laughs> showed him around there. And then uh, following in the uh, the footsteps of his uh, his fake cousin, he was actually arrested and oh, okay. uh, indicted on counts of a burglary, mm-hmm. aggravated robbery, and a seven counts of kidnapping. He actually went to jail for what about is, what is twelve this? years. What is this incident? Wait, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> that was that took a really dark turn really quickly. What? Hey, I gotta tell it like it is, folks. When did this happen? It happened in uh, 1997 for an incident in 1996 where he was the uh, the getaway driver. Okay. <laughs> for a robbery, a burglary, and a kidnapping. And he was I didn't convicted. I know any of this. All right, of course. Maybe most people don't because it's C.V. Afi. Right. But he was sentenced to 15 to 40 years Whoa. in jail. But he actually was able to get out a, a little bit early in in 2007. So he served about 10 years. 10 years in the joint. Yes. Okay. And, uh, you know, people do things and that's what happens. But that's kind of the... He obviously had retired by then. Right. Because you can't wrestle while you're in jail. I, and I'm sure the WF will never mention him no, again. No, I don't think that, so. that is not... I mean, it's now been, what, like 15 years since he's been out? Do you Pretty think they much. would, like, ever... Like, no! Because you don't have to, like, bring it up, like, that you he went to jail for 10 years. You know why you don't bring it up? Because he sucks anyway, whether yeah. he went to jail or not. And They're never co- going to talk... <laughs> like, even as, like, a joke section on, like, you know, this week in WF. There's Remember when we imitated Jimmy Snuka? Like... <laughs> You know that kind of thing. I don't think they realize the irony in that. Yeah, you know what's you know what's funny too. You know what extra makes him never be able to be brought up ever again. Like even if like say he was good as right. like fake Superfly. Right. The fact that uh, like what Superfly did, he's like extra screwed. Yes. Like no one no will ever what. like ever bring him up. Like, right. He went to jail. Superfly is like you know he like, has his reputation. The reputation. Let's put it that way. And, and that's that. And it, it, that means like CV Afi is never ever going to be heard from ever no. again. Yeah, good. Let's talk about him now. So we both agree, and folks, let us know what you think, obviously, of CV Afi. We both agree that the WWF did him literally negative favors by bringing him in as Superfly in Madison Square Garden. Why did they, like, you know what's weird is like, they didn't have to do that. Like they <laughs> right. could, There was like, if they were going to team with Haku anyway or whatever, like, couldn't they just bring him as another like 
Islander or something. They could, like, yeah, they could have done anything other than that. Because the Islanders were pretty damn good at that point. Like, they could have done a like a Freebirds kind of thing. Three Islanders. Three Islanders. Yeah, because, I mean, when they got Haku in mid-86 and they had uh, the Tonga Kid around the same time, you know, Tama. Right. They were faces. They started as faces. They only turned heel in 87. They could have done that. They could have done almost anything else to right. start him out, and I think it would have been better if not successful, obviously, but better than bringing him in as Superfly Afi and calling him Snooka's cousin. Like that's just so horrible. That just reeked of pandering and mm-hmm. leeching off Snooka's heat and Once his legacy. Leeching, to me, it always it reeked of just like they thought they could just replace him. RC Cola. Yeah, I'm telling you. Do you think that he would have been anything though if they didn't do that? Because I, I, he's not that good either. No, that's the other. That, he's not that good. No king to be had to see the Alfie there with one of the worst moves I've seen in a long time. I'll tell you what, he went into that move totally blind. <laughs> but I mean, like, here's the thing is like, what if he just had a gimmick that this is what people never think of. But okay. like, what if he just had a gimmick that had nothing to do with an Islander or anything else? Yeah, he like, just was Samoan, but they didn't play or, that up. Right. They just, I don't know. Uh, I'm just trying to think like he's a muscle man or what yeah, he the, wasn't the seven generic gimmicks that they always <laughs> You know, he's like, a muscle man. He's a fat slob. He's a ladies man. You know, there's, he's, a, he's a chicken shit heel. Right. Like, like all these things, you could have just he's a jobber. Like, you might have never thought of this, like Jimmy Snooker connection and all this stuff. Right. I don't know. Like, I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know. Because if you didn't, if they didn't say Superfly, no one would have put the Snooker thing together. They wouldn't be like, oh, he's just like Jimmy Snooker. The thing is, also, is he maybe maybe it's one of those things where it wouldn't have even happened if they didn't have to imitate superfly because like you said he was already like old right you know what i'm he saying he was older like, maybe there we would have never known who he was if superfly <laughs> didn't act stupid and like leave and get fired and all this why do you think do you think they brought him in just to try to see if they could recapture lightning in a bottle with snooker 100 percent. yeah because, that has to be right yeah because if you recall at wrestlemania one like everyone was like super fucking hyped when jimmy snooker came out with the hulkster they well, were just, people were like ready for that they were like this is gonna be great like yeah. Superfly and hulk it's yeah, like yeah. two things it's like coke and pepsi it's like we got both of them together this is amazing coke and crack maybe. yeah yeah <laughs> i just i'm just saying like it's like the, the two things the fans like well he was jimmy, over brother jimmy superfly snooker and the hulkster right and mr t right everyone yeah. liked t back then yeah right? exactly or maybe not everyone but these are these were all like the number one most popular things in wf it's true and snooker was uh really hot and really popular in the northeast i mean especially the garden that was his territory there and uh, obviously no one was going to replace jimmy snooker for better or for now, worse can i ask you there's also like another question that's always lingered about this cv Offy thing yes. was like did this have something to do also, like like you said, like maybe they're trying to recapture Snooker? I think so. But was it also a way of like Vince like trying to distance himself from possibly charges being done to Superfly? And like he said, well, what if, if I replace him, then I'm disassociated? I think that puts more focus on the whole Superfly gimmick to begin with. But he can say, oh, we fired him because he was he did bad things then you're admitting guilt yeah that you knew about something i just said oh i've always wondered if like that that any of that stuff played into it because nobody here's the thing it's like everyone knows now but nobody knew any about any of this until like the 2000s yeah like the public didn't even know any about thing until like 30 years later so i think the ultimate thing that they should have done is not hired the guy right (laughs) (laughs) because he's a crappy wrestler yeah if for no other reason like the snooker thing notwithstanding i think it was stupid what they did 
to give him that name because I, it was immediately going to get turned on. Why, why would why would you cheer for that if you are a fan of wrestling and you loved Jimmy Snuka and you miss Jimmy Snuka right. and some idiot comes in that is shitty and they're like, hey, it's Superfly. Why would you want that? You don't want to cheer that. Yeah. I don't know. Right? I, I I just I still don't know what they were doing there. I don't know. That, it's that, like the renegade. I feel like I don't know is like the bottom line with CV Afi. Like it really it really like <laughs> explains him. All right. Well, folks, anyway, as we mentioned here, you can give us your suggestions this season. CV Afi notwithstanding, let us know what you think about him. Personally, I think Quinn and I are both in agreement. He was doomed from the get-go because of the name, but he also sucked. And then he was extra doomed once we figured out what Jimmy Snuka was up to in yeah. the first place. And now he's associated. It's, it's just it's all, all bad. bad. It's, all, it's like a horrible like legacy of shit. It's stinky, and I don't like it. So, folks, let us know what you think of CV Avi. And, of course, give us your suggestions for more up-and-comers that never came. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Join the group and let us know there or shoot us an email. But when we come back, it is now week two of the best talkers in wrestling. That's right. Two more names are going to come out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. It's the Royal Rankings, and that is coming up right after this. Well, he's a cheap magnet if you know what I mean. The just go to him. Well, you should have seen. Yeah, yeah, he's got style. When you feel so thirsty that you gotta have a drink from RC Cola, it's an instant win. Thousands of prizes under RC Cola labels. And in the bottom inside of RC Cola cans. It's an instant win with RC Cola. Hundreds of Bayliner boats. Picnic tables. Fishing rods and reels. It's an instant win with RC Cola. Look under the label. Look inside the can. It's an instant win with Diet RC. It's an instant win with RC Cola. It sucks. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode number 183 here on Monday, July the 6th, 2020. Michael Quinn, you're still here. Oh, I'm here. He has not abandoned us, I folks. I didn't leave. Great. Um, I'm still in the building. That's good, because I have a question to ask you. What's that, sir? Did you know? Did you know that we have a Patreon? Yeah, Patreon. Yes, we I, do have that. You told me about it. I've told you about this, yeah, right? Yeah, that one time. And folks, I'm going to tell you about it. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And as we mentioned earlier, the point of this is to allow you fans that want to support OVP. Let's say you've been listening a while, you really like it, and you want more stuff. All you do is give us a few bucks a month and you're going to get tons of stuff. We have content out the wazoo. So much content. There's a lot of wazoo, it's, too. It's called the most content. Yes, that's the name of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> the OVP, it's the most a lot content. Of names. A lot of names. And what we have there, folks, is only three tiers and they're very easy. They're $2, $3, and $5. The $5 tier gets you everything and that includes the coveted pay-per-view reviews. And the reason I say that is because people really do seem to like them. We do get some good feedback on them. We go through every WWF pay-per-view in in order, we started with the first WrestleMania. Coming out any day now is going to be SummerSlam 90. Wow. And if you want to get your hands on them, get caught up. It's just 5 bucks a month, and it includes everything else. And that everything else is the $3 tier, 
which is the bi-weekly 1983 WWF Championship Wrestling Reviews. Quite a doozy on that show, always. It is. It's a separate canon, Quinn. It's sep- well, we don't know that. We don't know that here, yeah. but there's all sorts of things going on there. It's where Quinn and I watch WWF Championship Wrestling in order. We started in January of 82. We are now in June of 83. Week by week, we go through this, and you get to watch along with us. Or if you want to just listen, there's an audio version. And on the $2 tier, we take care of you as well because you get not only a back archive of our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras, you also get a back archive of the OVP commentaries, and you get raw video every single Monday. That's the, the making of this show that you're hearing right now. Yes. The it, shirt it, tier. It, it, it gives you access to see all the shirts. In between. See all the mess-ups, yeah, which we, there's never any of them ever. We don't um, ever mess up. Yeah, we don't ever. But never. There, there is something on there. There's though. a lot of stuff on yeah. there. So if you want to support OVP, if you like the show, I encourage you to check it out. Go right now, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. See if you like it here there. Try it out. If you want to just try it for a month, and if you don't like it, you can cancel. There's no commitment or contract. Give it a shot. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Quinn, it's the Royal Rankings again this week. It's time. It's time. We're back. We're back. Now, the Royal Rankings, folks, if you're new to the show, what we do is every season before the new season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. That's over on the Facebook group. And then what happens is our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he takes all of these votes. He compiles them up. There's a tank for the best and a tank for the worst. A lot of abacus. A lot of abacai. It's amazing. A lot of math. And what we do is, is each week we draw out two names. We alternate best and worst. All right. So this week is the best. So by the end of the season, you're going to have the definitive scientific OVP certified, ranked, organic, baptized, ordained, non-GMO certified, USDA approved, best and worst talkers in wrestling of all time. Now, Quinn, we've talked about the talkers. Let's talk a little more about some talking. Yes. You want to talk about Let's that? Let's talk about the talking. Let's talk about it. A good talker, what's their ultimate goal? To entertain. To entertain. To draw fans. To draw money. Heat. heat. Some, some may say heat. Heat. To build a match. And to draw uh, ticket sales and to encourage people to watch the program or the match. the butts in the seats. There you go, sir. And uh, we started this two weeks ago with two very notable talkers. I'm talking about Steve Austin and The Rock. That's our number one and our number two right now. Okay. And that was kind of a hard decision because The Rock is obviously known as one of the greatest, the most electrifying man, obviously, in sports entertainment. He's the most entertaining to ever exist, according to him or whatever. But we determined with our science meet that Steve Austin was just a little bit better at doing the things that we just mentioned. Right, yeah. He's a little more serious. He's a little more believable. Yes. The The Rock, I like The Rock a lot, but it's literally like his gimmick to be goofy as hell. And insulting and just like, yeah, silly. To be disregarding his opponents and stuff. But make no mistake about it, The Rock is one of the best talkers. Steve Austin right now, though, is number one. But what's going to happen now, again, if you're listening for the first time, is two more names are going to come out, and we're going to rank them. We're going to see where we are at the end of this episode to see if we possibly have a new number one. So without any further ado, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Double A's on the scene now, baby. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. You do not throw rocks at a man who's got a machine gun. Undertaker, you come on down. Die, die, die. And all that stupid crap over and over and over again. I choose the 
I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. Wallowing in the muck of Everest. It is the Royal Rankings, week number two. It's going to get hot and heavy soon, Quinn. It's always hot and heavy on these ra- these rankings, considering the first two. Oh, I know. I mean, <laughs> this is what the hell? This is literally, folks, the cream of the crop here. I mean, we, yeah. we, it's narrowed down to 10. So I would wager, unless there was some weirdness with the voting, that every single name that comes out of this is going to be a really good talker. What I like about this one the most is that it has nothing to do with like titles or match no. quality or no, anything no, like no. that. This is like a completely different thing. So like weird people can like be the best yeah people yeah. that might not be an all-time great in the ring or something might right, be one yeah. of the best and i'm excited about it folks and obviously you can give us your feedback here but quinn i think the time for talking is through mm-hmm. is it time for turkey it's turkey time turkey time let's all eat right. that turkey let's eat that turkey let's go to, is that the science meat is the turkey maybe okay we'll figure it out this week <laughs> let's go down to the fans as they count us down and we'll all find out folks who drew number three The love that you give is equal to the love you receive. That's the same with hatred, brother. What? Hulk Hogan. The Hulka. The Hulkamania lives. The Hulk himself. Mr. Talkie Talkie. Wow. So Hogan made it, which is, that's great. That makes me happy. I, it's not a surprise it's that not he, a surprise. Made, I mean, he should be on this list. I'm glad he made it. Yeah. Uh, because I actually think that Hulk Hogan is a really good, entertaining talker. Yes. I really 100%. do. I mean, that, his charisma is what kind of set him apart and in, in his Absolutely. charisma when they say that he's, he's talking yeah his talking that's, ability. that's what they're talking his about. ability to entertain on the mic and to uh, just draw people in he was very captivating in his own very strange way those sharks are gonna have locked jaw, brother that way when we throw all the bathing duties all the hulkamaniacs in the pool those sharks won't be able to touch a hair on their chinny chin chin without going through his entire career Hogan, uh, essentially, as some other people were, like Jesse Ventura, was clearly inspired, gimmick-wise, by superstar Billy Graham. Right. But, you know, when you say that, his at his beginnings, especially not until after Thunderlips, basically, like, his promos were always just kind of like, they were imitations of Billy Graham, but they were, like, not very good imitations. Correct. I, I personally I feel they're shitty. I agree. Well, they were more subdued. He hadn't really found this character that he was going for he yet. He never really raised his voice as much. No. He, and he was a heel, so he yeah. was a little more, you know, smug. I have already called the weather department. I told him to set the Richter scale when it spins around three or four times, when I slam the giant, when I step on his face, when I drag him around the ring. And he said daddy a lot, you know. Yeah, and he, he was just like, I was a little Dusty Rhodes little in there. Little Dusty, yeah. a little Billy Graham. Uh, same overall gimmick, though, right? The California blonde Surfer Venice Beach. Guy. Right. Yeah. But after uh, he started to explode in popularity, which was really the AWA, that's mm-hmm. kind of where the Hulk Hogan character came into being. Oh, you know me, Gene, you can put Nick Buckwell at the end of the list. Everybody knows I can beat him on any given day. That's what got him over and kind of turned him face was how entertaining this guy was on the mic because he had taken what was, like you said, somewhat of a middling Billy Graham yeah. inspiration, imitation. Not a very good one. Not a very good one. And turned it into his own character. Kind of spun it off. Like a lot of, a lot more dude and brother. A lot more dude, a lot more brother. And then he started to inject imagery and just very fanta- yeah. fantasy scenes now, here, you know? Now, I feel that this imagery didn't really, he would throw it in every now and then. But it didn't really kick off until WrestleMania 3. 
is when the was, imagery started to really be like, right. okay, this is what Hulk is. Like, he always talks about mountains and yes. biking up into the sky there, or some swimming in the ocean. There's like, always geography. There's always outdoor activities involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like for yeah, real. Yeah, there's there's a, geology. Yeah. <laughs> I've been hanging out in the Garden of Eden with my main squeeze Eve. I drove 20,000 leagues under the sea, 40 nights and 40 days. I hung and bung on the Titanic. The Hulk started, like, taking this imagery in his promo style and, like, applying it to his opponents, which I always thought was, like, so... Like, still, one of my favorites is, like, somehow he, like, pins Andre the Giant as he's, like, (laughs) sinking into the ocean or something. And, like, whatever happened with all of that, he also is simultaneously pinning all his opponents in a tournament. Yeah, as they fall to the ocean floor. Right, yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't understand how you pin someone in the water, but, like... He just does, man. If they're not at the base of the sea, like, how do you pin them? But he figured it out. (laughs) He never, uh, he never lost sight of the wrestling match, but at the same time, there was always, like, the apocalypse was happening because he was body slamming somebody. It was just insane. He always made it out, like, him fighting his opponents, like, somehow the earth would also be destroyed in the, in the, like, carnage right. like it's a fucking like wrestling match on wf and this is not an isolated incident at wrestlemania yeah. 4 this happened countless times at other pay-per-views the and other matches challenge Absolutely. the macho man yeah. like all this shit this has always been happened but one of the things about hogan you know specific promos notwithstanding is the way he talked he's one of the most imitated wrestlers of all time right, right. let me tell you something brother right. so he has like always a bit of the same beginning well, yeah uh, yeah like uh, let me tell you something brother or it's like mean something about mean let me gene. tell you something mean gene right yeah there's the brother 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 right but the way he did things the, the movements and just the for lack of a better term the bigness right <laughs> he was bigly okay it was very easy to look at his promos and understand that like why kids were like thought this was the coolest shit he was a superhero yeah he was a cartoon character yeah and you know what if you don't like the wwf then you're not gonna like that and i understand that so good for you to but me, it's like a st- it it's a style of promo that applies to a certain audience. Yeah, and that audience loved it. They ate yeah. it up. It was a big audience. They were always looking for something like it. Right. I don't know if you folks know this, but it was really popular. Yeah, when Hulk Hogan no, was, it was a champion. It's like now it's like lampooned or whatever. Yes. But like back then, it was very popular. He was like the coolest shit. Yes. Like it was like fucking He Man is right. like on your TV in real life, and he's like beating the shit out of people and he was so dramatic and bombastic and i look and i believe you me i had a period of time in probably the late 90s and and 2000s where i was a cynical teenager 20 something where i was like oh this is stupid but looking back it was genius because it was broad and it was easy to follow like the how much money for the plastic surgery promo it's always amazing some of the little details that he throws in about stuff is so off the wall. Yeah. But also, like, it could only come from the Hulkster's mind, or at least the character of the Hulkster's right. mind. Like, it, he's he's got this thing going on where he's, like, very in touch with the character that he's portraying. Oh, 100%. Which is, like, not all wrestlers can pull that off, where it feels like what he's saying is coming from this belief that he is Hulk Hogan, not right. not Terry Bollea. Very similar to Steve Austin, who was right. incredibly consistent with his character yeah. as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Same thing as Terry Bollea, the man, is not Hulk Hogan, the wrestler. They're not the he's same not thing. He's not even like that exciting <laughs> no, or anything. It's like, not the same like, thing. Like, we, we got to see that later. He's just a fucking dad. He's <laughs> like an old guy with a bad memory now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all he is. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, did he know this character. And again, whether you like it or not, that's okay. It worked for a very long time. Right. It worked for years. Now, let's be fair here. 
around his 89 is irritating, but it was still the same style. But around 93, he falls off the rails. It's when like Jimmy Hart becomes his friend. Yes. And, like he's a little more. He's a you know dick. It, you know what it is? He's it's, a dick. I always felt like also like putting him and Brutus next to each other ever just brought the stupid annoying oh Hulk God. out a lot more. Always like, the hanging and banging. Like, always with his friends. You know something, Hulk Maniacs? I don't mean to seem so irritable lately, but when I'm hanging, banging, getting ready for an event as prestigious as WrestleMania at Caesars Palace for the WWF titles, I don't like to hear idle chatter in the gym, brother. It's just a bad look on Hogan. Right, and but he he does have to, like, change his character. Exactly. Later. Yeah. So he carries this annoying version with him to WCW for the first couple of years. And some of it... <laughs> I don't like to crap on all the annoying Hulk because there is moments where you're like, oh, this is kind of interesting, right? And yes, there is. And some of it, he clearly knows that it's really silly and hokey. Like yeah. when he's like making Randy Savage smell his Slim Jim breath or something like that. Yeah. This is real. Let me smell that Slim Jim breath, brother. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, papai strap. Yeah, papai. There's also a. <laughs> where am I? Yeah. There's no Hulkamania. Actually, you know, it's not hot. It's not hot. He Why does he have to say it's cold? <laughs> I don't know, but it's just weird. What, was it supposed to be hot? I don't I think, understand. To me, that always just reminded me of like that time when the time machine in Back to the Future comes out and it's got ice on it yeah. and Doc touches it and Marty's like, is it hot? It's yeah. like, it cold, bear cold. <laughs> like that shit. That, just, that's just the Hulk Hogan like version of it. Right. Maybe it is. You might be right. Yeah. But let's talk about now when he turned heel and cut a fantastic heel promo. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about Bash at the Beach. Right. 1996. This, this is like a stroke of genius oh, as far yeah. as like. You know what I like about this that people don't give it credit for? It's how do you handle, again, it's it's taking advantage of Hulk and how good he is at knowing his character. Yep. It's like, how do you handle the Hulk Hogan, like, goody two-shoes character just finally, like, getting fed up with this shit, right? right? It's like, this this is how you do it. It was masterful, because yeah. this is a guy that, if you grew up in the rock and wrestling era, you know, in yeah. the glory days, and or even later, like you and I did, but you knew Hulk Hogan and who this guy was all about— it would have been, you know, very difficult to imagine that this guy now is making fun of the fans. Right. This is the guy that talked about all the little Hulksters, you right. know, and the mm-hmm. training, the prayers, and the right. vitamins. Exactly. Very inspirational and very in touch with this Hulkamaniacs. Right. And now he's telling us to stick it? Right. Well, see, it's the the devil's in the details with this one is because, yes, he does say that and all this stuff, but it's the little things like, for example, that... Like, it's like when he's fighting Goldberg, right? Where he's, or he comes out and he says, I'm going to kick your butt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, it's the little, like, details about the, the evil Hulk yep. that it's like he's still kind of like, he's, he's got, still the same he, character. He's still the same, mean. St- same Hulk Hogan. He's just meaner, but he's not like, He's not crazy or like off the character. No, no. Like, yeah. And let's talk about NWO Hogan, Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. I think his heel work there is tremendous because it was very hard to like him. Right. He was so good at being an aggravating asshole my, on the mic. My favorite part is that how like, um, like chicken shit he is. Yes. Like all of a sudden he goes from like, he would get beat up in the match usually, like that was the Hulk thing. Yeah. But now he's bailing or he's getting more offense in the match and he it's like all shit offense. Like he's really playing up the back scratches now. Yeah, it's like all junky. <laughs> yeah. And he as a talker, man, you know, you can say what you want about the NWO. Obviously we know it was hugely successful. 
But Hulk Hogan was a big reason for that, obviously, uh, in the week to week or however often he was there on the mic, just cutting these insufferable heel promos, you know, I actually, ever. Yeah, I actually, what was interesting about the evil Hulk character, I thought his, before Hulk was known for like only showing up on pay-per-view, yeah. when he was a heel, he was there like every freaking week. For a long like, time. Yeah, like, and it, I always thought that that was like, just an interesting on an aside, like that, like this guy that was much older and he didn't really need to do that. Yeah. Like that, the fact that he was like on Nitro, I was like, this is weird. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Like yeah. Hulk's never not here now. Yeah. He was there a lot. Yeah. Right. And that really, and again, say what you want about it, but it worked. Right. Yeah. It really, really worked. I just, I'm, I applaud Hulk Hogan. And I think that maybe sometimes he gets overlooked for being able to completely transform his character. Yeah. And but, I also want to say this one more thing about yeah, that. Go ahead. You're applauding it. I also think it's actually like really brave from a wrestling performance yes. standpoint. Yes. Because like he literally could have like demolished not only his wrestling career, but like possibly his like ho- like he did have acting roles like he was he, getting, he, he was get, he was known enough that like he was getting a significant amount of money sure. from like appearing and shit right so he could have like destroyed that I told no I totally agree and think about it folks the guy that was getting stale for a few years right this is the great Hulk Hogan right for for years he was getting stale since around ninety three right and it was just an old character and it wasn't really working anymore and the times were changing. Hulk Hogan, by reinventing his character, and again, a lot of it is you get to know the character by what they say, mm-hmm. he still was one of, if not the biggest name in wrestling, well into the 90s, like by the late 90s. Even in the early 2000s, like this character change extended the life. Yes. Because what it did too, which is interesting, is it put the desire back in the fans to want to see the old Hulk one last time as he like went off into the sunset. Yep. And that's what everybody wants. In the early, like the early aughts, like from about 2000 to 2003, people were like hungry for oh, yeah. that. Like we want, we want a couple good years left with the yeah. old Hulk so we can say goodbye. Yep. And that's pretty much what happened. Right? That I mean, sowed the seeds for it. The it Hollywood did. Hogan character. It, it, absolutely. When he returned, obviously to the WWF in 2002, even WCW try it by with the reverting red and yellow. Back, yep. like, and, and then it went back to the mean version or something. Remember that? And well, like, the more like the, 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 what was that? Fuck stu- you, new blood or whatever. <laughs> bar or whatever i don't know what it said but f-u-n-b yes yeah. that was dumb but when he comes to the wwf and he fights the rock and everyone's cheering him and they're like, man we just want the old hulka back one more time yeah and we got it back for a little bit won the world title notwithstanding mr america all that stuff the bad yeah. feud with mcmahon but mr fun america match. was kind of funny like I, it was to me that was like a lampoon i'm like, not hulk hogan it's like, brother. what if we put hulk in disguise it was and funny. he tries to not be hulk hogan yeah, it was, it was funny. actually like sort of stupid it only lasted like two months it wasn't, or it wasn't even long and and then you know maybe he wore it out a little bit fighting Shawn michaels at the SummerSlam 05. that was like well removed and honestly <laughs> the, as much i love Shawn and i don't blame him for being mad for having the job or whatever but like but it's fine that hogan won right like one time like <laughs> he was like there for like that i if they just said that that was his farewell match and it wasn't we, but but it pretty much was like orton the next year let's not forget that oh yeah everyone always right. does but like, he did nobody even him. remembers that <laughs> no yeah. one cared yeah but yeah no i know what you're saying i'm fine with hogan winning yeah but i would have been fine with sean winning Hulk also hogan, he never loses like, <laughs> yeah like do you know the guy yeah yeah <laughs> except even, Jacques when, even, when he, even when he was a heel he never lost no! yeah but anyway, uh, to wrap up Hogan here, because uh, there's so much to say about him. A good Hulk Hogan promo from the 80s, man. I mean, it, it gets you fired up. It makes you laugh. It's so stupid. It's so fun. But yeah, like you said, this guy knew the character he was playing, and it was convincing, and it worked for that audience for years. And the proof is in the pudding on yeah. that one. 
There's no yeah, disputing again, that. Because of how strong it was, he was able to reinvent it and have the fans begging for the whole right. that they started to not like. Exactly. You know? Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, because the way he reinvented himself, it, it was like a 180 almost. If it wasn't a 180, it was like a 120. It was almost a full turn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With the Hollywood character. And man, did, did it work both times. And big ups to Mucko and to Hulk Hogan on yeah. that one. Mucko and Hulk. <laughs> yes. For, uh, for reinventing himself and for being a hugely charismatic talker for taking a Billy Graham template, but taking it to a whole different universe. A new new spin. Yeah, a new spin. So, good job, Hulk. Let's find out, Quinn, Mm -hmm. who drew number four. Yes. Yes? Okay. Yes, Yes. please. Let's do it. It is so hard to be humble when you're looking like Ric Flair. Well, Quinn... I swear it's random, folks. This yeah. is what I'm talking about with the heavy hitters coming out. It's Ric Flair for crying it's gonna out loud. It's going to be like no one left by the end of the <laughs> Like, how do you? Yeah. Oh, my God. So if we thought last week was hard, with or two weeks ago with Austin it's, Rock. It's amazing because he really did. I watched him draw this. Like, and I'm not even like being facetious. No, it's on the raw stop. video. Like, it's on the raw dump. But like, I watched him draw this and I literally joke for, oh, what? Like. What yeah, is what it, is going to be Ric Flair? What is Ric Flair? Boom, Ric Flair. Oh, God. Well, his shoes cost more than our house, that's yeah. for sure. This guy, now, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it right out. He's like one of my favorites. Like, literally. This isn't about favorites, Michael. One this of my favorites. I'm just, though. I just want to put it out there. Okay, fine. Then I'm yeah. going to put this out there. He's not one of mine. Right, yeah. Okay, so we exactly. have that established, but we are scientists. Yes. We agree that we don't want to lose our science license. No, no, no losing of the license. Okay. And you can't have two no. science licenses <laughs> invalidate that. Yeah. <laughs> can't have a favorites license and a science yeah. license. There you go. There <laughs> so, you go. To Ric Flair. Obviously, he needs no introduction. He is the nature boy. Now, some people have said on our Facebook group, and I understand that it might be a foregone conclusion that Flair is going to wind up number one. It might be. It might be. And I don't blame you guys for thinking that, but this is where we have to get into the intricacies now because. Flair's career has been, what, 112 years? Yeah, there was cave paintings yeah. and all this, yes. So he might have survived the Titanic, I'm yeah. not sure. But that said, we have to break down the why he was good and the how. Yes. Because we can't go year by year and promo by promo with a guy like Ric Flair. You right. just can't. And I so we the, chunk it. And I think the good, the best starting place, because I don't think there's so much of a career here, right? But yes. the real Ric Flair character starts in like the late 70s early 80s i'm not talking about like rambling ricky flair or whatever ricky Rhodes. nobody is there even footage of that i mean there might be yeah like yeah in case you don't know folks he started wrestling in 71 right he came out of Vern's like closet or whatever (laughs) the the barn or whatever it was the minnetonka barn yes and when he started he was in the class of you know with guys like ken patera and people like that he was a bigger guy. He was about 300 pounds. He right. had brown hair. He was not the nature boy. He really wanted to be Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty wasn't really the Malcolm Dream yet. Yeah, yeah. But he really liked Dusty. So anyway, he's in this plane crash that you guys have probably heard of. I believe off the top of my head, it's 74, 75. Yeah. He comes back and he's lost That's a, where, a significant yeah. amount of weight and his look is different. Broke his back. So he right, had to yeah. readjust things. Yeah. And that's where we start to develop the nature boy character. Now, the nature boy the original one that we all know of was Buddy Rogers. Right. Of Rogers Corner fame. Yeah, of course. Yes. And the Nature Boy character is essentially a playboy. Right. That's what it, it's this. He's rich. It's maybe. Hugh Hefner. Is he like, yes. you know what? One thing I've never understood, he says he's rich, but is he rich? Was he born rich or was he like. We don't think about that. Yeah. I, 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 it's something I personally <laughs> yeah, wonder we, about we the don't, character. We, we don't have to. Yeah. Or is it earned from like winning the all United States title that one time <laughs> and then it like 
it all builds off that all of that Quinn. Yeah. but it's basically hugh hefner yeah let's let's be honest here it, it's that vein where it's like you got expensive clothes you always got different women you know yeah. you like the fancy shit the robes the robes that's the character right so the rick flair character develops like you said mid late 70s it yeah. gets going he's actually uh already an nwa like not world champion but like a you know, U.S. champion, tag champion, Greg right. Valentine is his partner. It's even messing about with Ricky Steamboat that early. Yeah, they have an early feud, a 70s feud. The whole wrestling world knows it's tonight. You see that, Steamboat? This is you, my boy. You are the man I created. And you are the boy that I'm going to destroy. And then as the 80s start, that's when Ric Flair becomes a world title contender in the NWA. Uh, and this is the Ric Flair people know. Yeah. Right. You know, so he wins his first title, even though it seems like it was Starcade '83. He wins it in '81. It's just not right. as talked about, right? Yeah, he is already the world champion dusty. once. Is it Dusty or Harley for I the thought, first time? I thought it's Dusty the first time, and then Harley gets it back. Re- yeah, regardless, this is not about his world title. Yeah. So thankfully, you forgive us if for I, not if remembering. I'm wrong, sorry, I think it's Harley. But yeah. regardless, it's Dusty. Joe, you're wrong, and you suck. Woo. This is where that character starts to uh, develop here. And he is a face sometimes during this. He's a face when he beats Harley Race at Starcade 83. Right, yeah. Then he's not a face. And as we get to 84, 84, in my opinion, is where we really get the peak of the Nature Boy NWA character to start. And that goes the rest of the 80s. That Ric Flair. Quinn, I know you love him on Crockett. I know you love him on he's programming. He's so good. He's so good. So yeah. tell us, let's get the why of it. What okay. makes him so good? It's not just the character, but to me, it's how unique every single interview is from a day-to-day perspective. I we we talk a lot about like how there's like you know there's these pay-per-view promos that are very memorable, and then there's these everyday come to the garden, come to the Omni, whatever the fuck promos. Sure. Like yeah, and that's Ric Flair shines on both. Unlike the Hulk can be kind of boring sometimes on these these come to this show bullshit in the local TV ones. Yeah. Or like like just the week to week. Like, I don't like this guy that I'm feuding with just for now. But like big stinky giant big not even non. No, I'm talking like, oh, bad. Fuck you. Bad news. Killer Khan. Something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Killer Khan sucks ass. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, but Ric Flair, on the other hand, yes, he like talks about his opponent, but he also like mixes in like how was my day or how was my week since he last saw me and like but he does it in such an entertaining way that you're just like damn like what is this life this guy leads right you're always left with that you get a peek into his life you get a peek into his life and by virtue of that there's like an understanding of the character deeper than most wrestling characters i agree and you're just like fascinated with the guy right as i walked out of new york city today Every woman within a hundred yards was hollering. Here comes the boss. And Bruce Springsteen was nowhere to be seen. Ric Flair just talking about his day-to-day made the heel, this dick talking about his day-to-day made people like want to be him, made people want to like him, even though they weren't even supposed to. But at the same time, he would he would do all that and then he fucking knock Dusty's leg out or something. Right, still and, an like, asshole in like, the ring. You know, like, or like, do some bullshit to retain the title when he defended it that month in, in the Omni or wherever in Atlanta. And especially when the horsemen were formed, right. they were jerk asses. Like, they right. weren't nice, but you couldn't help but be entertained by Flair. Right, so that's the other thing, is like, 
that's an organic thing that started, but it's also rooted in Ric Flair's promos because what started happening was, is that, you know, he, you know, he's talking about the day to day and all this shit and Ric Flair stuff. And then, you know, he mentioned like, I'm an Anderson, I'm a cousin of the Andersons. And that's how he got connected to them. Right. Yes. Or like he it's like i really like tully blanchard he's a cool guy what a neat dude yeah you know like and all this stuff and there's a lot of like groundwork that goes on rick flair he would talk about people other heels that he liked all the time yeah sure like even like not just the horseman before this and then like you know slowly but surely like this all organically came together but again the nucleus of it was rick flair promos every week on the 605 show was that that, a highlight of that show right here I am in a suit that costs more than your house, and I'm talking to you, so you keep your mouth shut. Again, that's another aspect altogether is that Ric Flair was unique from the rest of the people promo-wise is because you could center an entire show out of, out of like, we're going to have an interview with Ric Flair. Sure. At, and like usually how they would do it, which I always thought was interesting, there got to a point where Ric Flair was so damn entertaining that you know how the show's like two hours mm-hmm. they'd have a they'd have an interview with rick flair in the first hour they would later yeah. rick flair with the second hour sometimes he would wrestle also yeah like sure because like sometimes he'd get challenged in the middle of the promo there none of this kind of thing happened before like it was no, like it very weird he, how he, uh, how like all this stuff was kind of being invented on the fly based on the rick flair character he was the centerpiece of the crockett territory and right. not to mention what he did elsewhere i mean he would go to other promotions in the nwa during that period of time right. and be rick flair there and that was a huge draw and it didn't matter if he was feuding with ricky steamboat or ricky morton he still put his all into it and one thing that he was great at was while he would portray this character he also always lent in the ring the hint of well this guy might be able to beat me right he didn't say yeah. that but i'm saying it, the way he spoke in the ring it worked perfectly because you know you, what yeah go ahead, it, go ahead. Uh, uh, to, to highlight that i think one thing that gets overlooked with rick flair is like they like to think about him saying i'm richer than this guy or yeah. this guy's a slob my shoes or, cost he, more than your house right like insulting his opponents but I find if you watch Ric Flair on the day-to-day more and more, he generally will throw in a lot of the times is, I respect you. Yes. I wouldn't be fighting you unless I thought that you were even a challenge. That's the You know thing. what I mean? Like He, he, he left th- a reasonable doubt. He always throws that in, which mm-hmm. is so th- weird because a lot of people don't think of it. Because it's always like it's always a very side comment. Like he he he'll say that and then like oh fuck you you're a poor piece of shit. Right. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like that because that's just how Ric Flair is. And it was a hugely successful character. Obviously, right. I mean, with the feuds with Dusty and the feud with Steamboat in '89, and a lot of it is just built on the pre- uh, built on the premise that Ric Flair is the Nature Boy and no one else is. Yeah. You know, the and, common man, Dusty Rhodes. And- there, there's other feuds that are just amazing because of his talking, like Ricky Morton. Like the, the a tag sure. wrestler, sure. Like Sting, Sting, yeah. Luger, a lot, all, all everything he did was really good during that era. Then he goes to WWF, right? Still a good talker. Now, the, this character is so weird to me, like because okay. it's it's it is neutered Ric Flair. It is absolutely um, it's is. not. He can't he can't monopolize the show anymore with his talking. And like, nor they, should he have. They don't they don't do that. And um, nor should they have. He to me the roots of the crazy character are here. Like a lot more it, that the character that Maybe. would go on to become the the one that I don't like yes. the WCW one is yeah. in this character. This I'm I'm a little loopy, right? Like I'm 
I've got doctored photos of Macho Man's wife yeah. and all this weird it, it, shit. It, that like, is very Ric Flair, though. It is. It still is. It is, but it, it's also like, even, that's even like later era NWA stuff, like the whole thing with like Jimmy Garvin. Sure. Like all that shit. Like, I think that Flair was still good in WWF. Oh, yeah, he his, was. His feud with Savage, you know, is on the microphone. They're both really good in that. But Ric Flair was like, in WF, he was more an idea that the characters around him talked about, like Bobby the Brain Heenan or Mr. Mr. Perfect. Perfect. Like, but Ric Flair would would only talk so much, and like it was like it was like some great person came down from the mountain. Like that's like yeah. how he was portrayed, right? Like oh, right. Ric Flair's gonna talk. Yeah, like you know what I mean. And and there was just chatter about him. True in WF more so. And he had some memorable promos. The one at the end of Rumble '92 is awesome. You know, I tell you all with a tear in my eye. This right. Is yeah. Really good stuff. The WrestleMania Eight stuff. He was a great talker in WWF. So he goes back to WCW as we know in mid '93. And uh, Ashley, <laughs> Ashley, okay. And he uh, he's a face for a while. The Horseman. He beats Anytime they Vader. Do this, I don't. I know. Like it. I don't either. Yeah. He beats Vader at Starcade, and then uh, feuds with Steamboat again. One last round in '94, and then turns heel because Hogan comes in. Right. So now we have the Hogan flair. Now feud. he's got sens- sensational Sherry. Sensuous. With him. Sensuous. Sorry, sensuous. Can't call her sensational. Right. Right. WCW, and then after that, he feuds with Savage again. Now this actually, I go ahead. So this is where I I start to. This is like one of the first WCW crazy things that I actually really love. The VIP table. Oh He's just God. this whole character is ridiculous. And, Why? And like Why a do good, you like this? In a good way. It's the it's the one where like. He's got woman, and then he gets Miss Elizabeth with him. He does, and it's like he's just ludicrous. It's like that one that the the promo people tend to remember. <laughs> it's the one where like he beat Savage the night before or something. Has the belt, and like <laughs> woman and Elizabeth roll a stretcher out with like a a white sheet over it, and they <laughs> and they act like oh they're mocking Randy Savage, and then Ric Flair fucking pops out of it. It's like whoa, oh, like, and he just yeah. like dances about with the title he's, he's just ridiculous and this is also where the like mean gene became his personal interviewer yes, person this thing. is true it started oh, here oh, rick flair oh, 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 oh randy savage what do you think leaving on a gurney leaving on a gurney the nature boy rick flair 13 time just, w- just, just taking a little cat nap you know it's not easy being rick flair and this is where like we even started seeing weird things like Ric Flair started like leaking onto Mean Gene where Mean yeah, Gene started leaking. being like, hey, did you watch the football game yeah, last I know. night? Ric Flair, like all this shit. I love Alabama. Woo! Like all this bullshit. Crummy. But <laughs> it's great. You, you can like it if you want. <laughs> and then, of course, he starts taking his pants off in the later 90s so, yeah, and elbow that, jo- dropping his jacket. Like being I said, the whole, the whole Gene thing developed. And yeah, the, the, the whole the, the clothes thing started from the Bischoff feud. Yes, it did in '98. It started from the Bischoff feud. '97, whatever. He, the first time he did it, he was actually making a inter- the, the interview was really cool. Uh-huh. It was like the point was is that it was like, oh, Eric Bischoff, you're going to take everything. It's actually one of Ric Flair's like last really great promos. Yeah, where he he says basically, Bischoff, you want to take everything from me? Fuck it, take everything. And he takes off a watch right. that's like really expensive. And he like throws he throws it into a cries like have it. And then he starts like t- he's wearing like the most expensive shit and he brings out all his clothes. Which, if you know the Ric Flair character, again, that's all based yeah, on the it's all 80s. based on the character, sure. It's like that my clothes cost all this money. Right. He starts ripping it up and throwing it out, and he takes off everything down to his boxer shorts. He handcuffs himself to the rope. He's like, make me leave. Make yep. me fucking leave. Like, all this shit. That's a really good promo. 
they do start to like go it, off it, a little it, bit he and like becomes do, a cartoon character. Right. They, the one thing that does the fun, the funny thing I love about all that, that starts the stuff like shut up fat boy. and all. Well, he was always saying <laughs> yeah, that yeah. his whole career. I, I, that, was I, an I old, that was a Ric but Flair the, classic. The later Ric Flair promos, I think there's something to revisit and, and take judge for yourself. I personally find them very entertaining. Like the whole thing where he's the president and then he's like, I'm president of the United States. And then Gene's like president of WCW. I'm president of WCW. Like, yeah, he, it's good. He's just really Real funny good. during this time. He's sure. not as serious anymore, but I yeah. dig it. I like, yeah. to me, this is the Ric Flair, like, character change. What, crazy old man? It's, yeah, but he does it well. That's my <laughs> point. I, I, think I don't it think he's playing that I much. I don't think it gets enough credit. I think it shouldn't get credit. And I, I think, think it people, stinks. I think people make it a bad thing, and I think it's great. I think it's horrible. I don't know. Why is it good? It's just, because he makes you guffaw. He makes you chuckle on Nitro. I mean, what, what good I mean, did it do for that anyone? That show sucked. Exactly. Like, that it needed Ric Flair to do dumb shit. Oh yeah, kept him in business. That's will you, right. Will you at least admit that, like, when WCW was at its worst, there was a point when all they fucking had was send Ric Flair out there for twenty minutes, and he he'll he'll. He's captivated. To what end, though? Yeah, like, great. Have him go out there and ramble like an idiot. But to what end? Right. You know what I mean? No, but what, that was WCW's. That? that was WCW's fault. But yeah, the, I know. I'm just trying to put make the point that Ric Flair was still so strong on the mic, even in his later era, that he was a crutch that the company used. It's not his fault that the company had nothing. No, I know like, that. I'm know, not blaming you know, him for that. Yeah, it's just that. It's just that. To me, it says something about Ric Flair is that he's so entertaining. You know what I mean? He's becoming Lou Albano by this point, though. You know <laughs> what I mean? Let's not degrade him that much. Like, <laughs> hey, Lou Albano was entertaining. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're talking like the. You're, I think you're relating him to the Lou Albano, like the later one that we don't like. I am. Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make is that great if he could just kill 20 minutes, but that's not the point of being a good talker, Quinn. That's isn't the, that the point of being no, a good talker? No, the though? point because, is to build a match and to get people to watch a show, right. and no one was watching Nitro. Right, but. People were when you're when you were forgetting that the focus at the time too was to get people to like just stay on the fucking show. No, and Ric Flair was good at that. Was that if you throw him on, his interviews are captivating enough. Whether he's acting crazy, he's acting serious, whatever he's fucking doing, you might not change the channel for twenty minutes. And um, WCW can say, "Oh, we got we popped a rating." I mean that that's yeah, what they he's can doing. Say that as they're standing in the unemployment line. <laughs> you know, I mean, I get your point, Quinn. Yeah, I do. I, it, I, you're, you're, you're appreciating his talent, right? His talent for talking, Fair. and that's what we're talking about. Yes, here. I no, understand no the, the segment. Yeah, fine. Yeah, that's and that's kind of the end of his wrestling career as a full timer, anyway. So I think that's a good time to cap it. Right. Honestly, it's right around the end of WCW. At the end, he's really good too. I leave memories alone. I know you don't like it, but I love it. Oh yeah, that's right. That whole WWF run is that, really that, junk. But no, but the, the very the run the, is the, junk. The very end is so emotional. I'll give him that. Yeah, like I'll give him really that good. I'll give him that. And you know, again, old Ric Flair is not my bag, but I'll be fair. Yeah. I'll be fair to Flair, as Bobby yeah, Heenan would say. Exactly. Is it ranking time? Sure. Okay. Now again, folks, we have Austin at number one and The Rock at number two. It is getting hairy. There's hair starting to grow. There's a, there's a lot of hair. More hair than Hogan's hair. Yeah, or Austin's. Or the Rocks these days. Ric Flair's like the only one that's kept his hair. Yeah, Rick hair. He's got more hair than, still than even like the Rock. But everyone on this yeah, list. Yeah, it's amazing. Rick that's one, hair. One, that, that's one talent Ric Flair had also is his hair. So, all right, Hulk Hogan now. This is... Uh, all right, yeah. Hogan, where do we start? I guess against the Rock, right? The Rock's number two. Yeah, so... 
I mean, the Hulkster, <sighs> he's got so much. They, I always feel like The Rock, in any aspect, a lot of what he did is always hurt by the fact that he left, like, in his prime. Well, yeah. yeah. Just saying. But like, considering his talents while he was there, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's true. He left when he was, like, 30. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's annoying. Weird. Yeah. The thing about The Rock, I think we mentioned it two weeks ago when we talked about Austin and him, is that he was definitely a captivating talker. Mm-hmm. Definitely an entertaining talker. But his shtick was really, I don't want to say one-dimensional, but maybe one-and-a-half-dimensional. It was yeah. really just making fun of people and right. doing, like, the fine way and all that. And if you smell what The Rock is cooking. But I think the and, fact that he broke through as such a great talker on something so basic... Yeah, and like one dimensional, like you're saying. I think that is what the just the fact that he can make the one dimensional character one point five dimensional yeah. is like that's showing the talent. And I still say, like, had he been around longer, who knows what it would have developed into? That's the thing. What 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 would old Rock be? I like, don't you know. know what I mean? Like, as a wrestler, not as the guy that comes in every now and then. Probably and just the he same. pretends to be Rock from, like, 1998. That's, you yeah, know what that's I mean? Like, I'm saying, like, the character might have developed into, like, you know how, like, how John Cena started as kind of a rapper who insults people? The Rock never, like, escaped that because he wasn't around long enough. Like, he the, wasn't. In, insulting character guy. True. You know what I mean? Like, he could have developed into this, I'm a veteran and I respect the business and all this bullshit. Like, he who knows what it would have been. He could have. Yeah. He could have, but... Uh, considering, you know, his, his peak run was, what, 99-01? Right. And uh, some of that he shared the spotlight with Austin. Some of that he kind of shared it with Triple H, and they were the top two through most right. of 2000 carrying things. He did a great job, but when you talk about talkers, and we're going to Hogan now, Hogan was the face of this freaking company and was... For one, a very long time. Years, man. Yeah. Years, years, years. And I don't think there's any disputing his success. His he's just as captivating as The Rock. Yeah, and he also went the full term. Like he he from from nothing to like veteran to veteran, and then the whole second phase of his career is Hollywood Hogan. Right, the reinvention is of his character, and from a talking perspective, it changed everything. Right, and making us whether we knew it or not at the time hungry for the old Hulk. That's the thing. So, yeah, he had catchphrases, but uh, have you heard of The Rock? He had them, too. Mm-hmm. So did they both rely on catchphrases? So did Steve Austin. So, right. I mean, with, catchphrases aren't a knock on somebody. Hogan wasn't always the same pro. You never knew what the hell Hogan was going to say. Are you yeah. going to tell me you can sit and watch any random Hogan promo and predict what he's going to say? Even the even the NWO one was yeah. a little unpredictable. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You never know what he's going to say. So, I look, look, I think Hogan... Yeah, let us know why if you if you disagree or if you agree. But I think Hogan's better than The Rock. Yes, one hundred percent. I'm not I, even I like do. that's not even a question for me. Wow, like Bold. yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's really between Austin because I think Austin's got a very unique style, um, totally different than anyone. Totally different than anyone. This like serious. Um, he doesn't yell as much. Like, no, because he just talks like this. You know, he has right, this yeah. very consistent. He's voice. got this like very distinct character. That's more focused, I always felt. Um, and when he did have the I'm cracking character, like, you know, one, it still was like, again, it was still focused on being the best. And like that, that's always what I love about yeah. Austin is like this, just like the character is the same throughout, just different, like how he feels every day is different. You right. know what I mean? Right. Now, Austin was great for realism. Right. Hogan is not. Right. No, the, not at all. The Rock is great for middle school insult comedy. So right. everyone has strengths in certain areas. 
Austin was is analogous to Hogan in the fact that they were they both exploded in popularity and they're, they're both, both for the top guy, the top guy of their era, right? Yeah. The Austin era, uh, merchandise wise, and a lot of other metrics might be bigger than the Hogan era. Yeah, now but probably all time Hogan is like if you like yeah, his I'm whole not, career, his whole career, right? Because I don't think I, I don't see Austin three sixteenths like shirts selling anymore. Maybe but, they should. Maybe I yeah, should get one. I just mean <laughs> that Hulka shirts are probably still to this day like people are buying them, right? Yeah. Now Hogan again, bombastic, big, loud. Austin is grounded, except for the cracking character that you mentioned, and that was intentional. Yeah. Austin is grounded, um, you know, blue collar style, tough guy. Right. He's uh, almost like the anti Hogan too. The yeah. anti like face Hogan. I which, mean, yeah. Which is but what he's that, also a face. Which is what that era called for. But the thing is, is Hogan during that same time was the anti Hogan. Right. He he <laughs> he already had anti Hogan it up. He anti Hogan himself. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, we got to be fair to Hogan here. The, the Hulk was able to be both what Austin, not, what not Austin, quite, but, you know, like different what Austin was fighting against. He was he became that somehow, <laughs> yeah, like, like somehow he, he became like, I hate what I was. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm different now. And I hate you, by yeah, the way, you yeah. know, like that type of thing. Now, the biggest strike against Austin is the what champ, but I can't hold that against him. I hold it against the fans that do it. Uh, to be honest, no one's with making you, you do that. That was like a. You know what bugs me about that? You're right. It's the fans. Is that it's his Austin, fault? He started it for but. Austin, though. It was like literally like a six, it was like a three to what? six month gimmick. Yeah, it wasn't but long. like what? But like the fans just never let it fucking go. Like to this day. Yeah, I know. It's like really annoying. Like it was never like it was designed to be something like you're supposed to hate him because he's saying this. Not like that. But they <laughs> everyone was like, oh, this is so funny. And like, oh, let, let, let's say it during every interview in the show. And like, it was almost like an unintended consequence. It's bad. Like, yeah. Like, I can't blame it's Austin bad, for folks. it because it was literally supposed to, it was literally just supposed to make you hate him. Yeah. No, and I like know, the I know. fans like turned it or like they went into business for themselves. Like, oh, so like, funny. It's our chant now. He like, says what? Like Austin stopped saying it like, <laughs> well, Immediately. like well before <laughs> everyone else did. Like, <laughs> like, he just came back as regular Austin and rode the thing. You yeah. Know, the four by four or whatever, yeah. you know, like Sheriff Austin. Sheriff Austin. All right. But anyway, Hogan versus Austin Quinn. What are you, th- what are you thinking? I'm it's the Hulk. Uh, like, is it? It's just that like Austin's more subdued style. For some reason, it just doesn't. It's it's great, but it, to me, it's the only thing that holds him back from being an all time. He 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 isn't as dy- he isn't as like dynamic. He isn't as like he can change or anything. He didn't have like a drastic change like Hogan did. He didn't. The closest he came was when he was being like a comedy heel in 01. right? And that was brief, but that was still like under it all. It was still like obvious that it was still the I got to be the best. I'm Austin. You know? Do you think it's unfair? for people to hold Hogan's bombast against him? No. Okay. Because there's a way to handle bombast, and we see that with, like, imagery and, like, Andre and Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior promos, but there's, like, ways to not handle it, like um, anything with Brutus the Barber Beefcake in 1989. <laughs> so, like, okay, fair you enough. know what I mean? Like, there's ways to do it. It's just sometimes sometimes he's doing it right, and sometimes he's not. Well, let me feed you this one, Okay. Steve Austin arguably never had a bad period on the mic. Hogan Hogan became insufferable but for you, a couple of years. You say that, and then you just complained about the what? No, well, I'm, I'm not blaming him though. Yeah, for no, that. I just mean that like he yeah that happened when, when he did do it. Okay. That wasn't good. That wasn't good. You know, even though that was brief, but but, but still, I'm just saying. Let's not say Austin's perfect. Is all I'm not. Even Austin won't admit that. My science analysis here mm-hmm. 
it looks like it's going to Hogan also. I yeah. think I'm with you. I think we're reaching the same conclusion yeah, here. I, I just think that he was one of the biggest talkers ever. It's just he's more dynamic. Not only that, but he was just uh, more captivating than Austin. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And Austin's great. I mean, again, folks, just because we put one above another doesn't mean we're slighting anybody I, here. You know, also, the Austin and The Rock are both of them. They're kind of handicapped by the fact that they came out after, like, the greatest era of talkers. Well, that, to be fair. And they both had shorter runs yeah. than Hulk Hogan Much did. shorter. Hulk the whole Hulk- Attitude Era is, like, very short, short in comparison to, like, the Golden Era or, like, the ruthless aggression, which is also kind of now, like yeah, you know but, what I mean. Yeah, but but Hogan though. So this is where I think Hogan really gets the mm-hmm. nod here is the second wave of his career. Yeah, with the NWO that really puts him over the top, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he might have not been the top of all time had he not had that second part. Right. You know? But Hogan just to me so entertaining, so ridiculous, so unpredictable. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even though he has his catchphrases, everyone does. Right. So far that we've so, talked about. So Hogan number one. Hogan number one. But now we bring in Ric Flair. Speaking of unpredictable. So do, where do you want to start him? Do we want to go through the rock? <sighs> I, Ric Flair is so fucking, I can't even, he doesn't even like, he's better than, he, the only person that compares is Hulk Hogan. Like, it's, it's just, that. that's it. Like, you, we know this. Like, I think the audience knows this, right? I mean, you were even saying, like, oh, it's oh, obvious Some people Flair, think he's going to be like, number one. Yeah, it's, it's obvious. Like, well, let's put we... him against Austin. I mean, a Hogan. Hogan. Okay, yeah. Because I agree with you. It's just like, I love the Rock. I love Austin. But Ric Flair's, like, on another planet. Like, he's insane. <laughs> okay. Like, as far I'm insane in a good way. Meaning, like, he's, like, just I know so mean. ludicrously good. He might be insane in the other way, too. Yeah. All right. Hogan versus Flair. The great rivalry. The great rivalry. And I mean, it, a part of it is due to the talking, right? Is people like their Hulk Hogan talking and yep. people like their Ric Flair talking. Now, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan portray very different characters. They do. Right? Ric Flair, as we mentioned, the nature boy. This this playboy. Uh, Kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing. guy. Jet flying, yeah. limousine riding, right? Hulk's kind of like. He, he's a superhero. He's a superhero, That's but he's he also friend to the common man kind of thing. Like, more of a dusty, grounded kind of he, way. Yes. Like, yeah. He has empathy for, for humans. Right. He yeah. does. Like, he, he loves yeah, kids. He, he travels in space and shit and fights aliens. Right. But, but he like, also you know, rides a motorcycle and looks at the ocean. Yeah. And hangs with his Hulkamaniacs. And bangs with Brutus Beefcake. Yeah, exactly. Now, Ric Flair, for a lot of this Nature Boy run, and he was back and forth. Mainly identified as a heel, though, right? Identified as a heel, identified like as. elitist character, like right. like very affluent and rich, and like the uh, he encompasses the eighties decadence and excess. But he does it in a way where rather than like you're like, damn, I hate that guy, right? Right. And then you're like, no, I want to be that guy because yeah, right. Like, that, Some people that, and it's an unintended consequence, but it also to me it reflects how well Ric Flair portrayed the character and how well he filled you in on like what he was to the point where he grew on you. Right. You know what I mean? I agree with that. Hulk Hogan, on the other hand, uh, gave you glimpses of his life, but it was always something to do with traveling somewhere. Like we mentioned, you know, yeah. and observing things and the screaming fans and Hulkamaniacs coming up to him and asking right. things. But if I had to like put it in it, like terms of like the differences, is Hulk Hogan, like you said, is like a superhero. Yes. And I don't, while I relate to him in the essence that like, oh, well, he's like on my side. I don't think about, you know, what is Hulk Hogan up to 
other than like oh he's fighting bad guys or something rick flair like he's got his enemies but i also i can understand what his life is like i don't know why that matters but it does in the you, connection you know him more i right? know him you know and him whether i more. like him or not i know who he is okay with hogan his promos uh were bombastic as we mentioned they were larger than life Flair was very sarcastic, funny sometimes, yeah. serious sometimes, very different styles. Flair did this for a very long time. Yes. This character straight through. The Hulk did too. He did. Yeah. Uh, Flair did it in various territories to various audiences. Mm-hmm. Hogan did it for the WWF, uh, AWA yeah. a little bit, but WWF audience who knew what they were getting. Ric Flair then did it differently but did it in the wwf he modified it for them and still worked yeah it's still it, effective. the first run yeah definitely hulk hogan kept the hogan thing going into the 90s and as we mentioned he took it to wcw and it wasn't time for that anymore and it was weird yeah he then turned heel so right now it's like i think flair's a little ahead as we get to the 90s right and now here's what i want to i do want to ground something here the thing that you have to understand is what Hulk Hogan was brought into WCW. I think this is part of like the story here with why you might look at Ric Flair and say, oh, what the hell was he doing in the 90s? Like, yeah. and, and it affects his talking and stuff. When WCW brought in Hulk Hogan, they they were like, we need to get rid of Ric Flair. Like, from day, like they, they didn't want him there. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was fairly obvious, especially from like Bischoff and people well, like that. maybe like, by like 96 or 7. They still well, they were f- trying to get rid of him in 1990. Let alone, well, like, that was Jim Hurd yeah. in '91, but yeah, there was always somebody trying. to... My point is, there was some tr- trying to get rid of Ric Flair. I don't know, quit. I mean, they gave the guy the world title, they gave him a prominent feud in '96. He they was did, but like begrudgingly. How do a, you know? What because, do you mean begrudgingly? Because that's that was the source of the actual disagreement between Ric Flair and and Eric Bischoff. And, but yeah. what should he have been I, by that point? I don't know. But when the, he's 47 years old, but I I, I I'm not here to discuss like the politics right, of it I'm, here, I'm just here to put it in this way is that hogan was given a little bit more freedom and more airtime to do yes. what he wanted whereas rick flair was put in this position to be fair to him was like he was like adapting this character that they wouldn't let wrestle and like trying to like mold it in his later career into something that he could participate in the show with even though, like, he could still go in the ring, and they were, there wasn't really a reason why they didn't, they stopped him, is my point. Well, I just figured that they, you know, they had Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And Ric Flair was closing in on 50. Right. Hogan's a little younger. And uh, Hogan was the guy that kind of pulled them out of the hole to begin with. Right. And put WCW on the map and made it possible for guys like Ric Flair to still make money in that godforsaken promotion. True. So, yeah, you do acquiesce to him. Right. Do you like it? Maybe not. You I'm know, just, do you... I'm, I just want to put it as a as a affecting the talking. You know what well, I mean? Well, I don't know about that. That's but all. I, I think that they were aimless with Ric Flair. Yes, yeah. I agree with you there. Ric Flair straightened it himself. He didn't. Nobody was telling him what to say. Probably that? not. Yeah. And yeah. I think from 97 to 2000, they were very mercurial with how they handled him. Yeah. I think they put him in some stupid things. At the same time, I don't know that... Uh, he was going to ever carry WCW anymore. No. You know what I'm that, saying? It wasn't what he was designed to do. So, yeah. It, it, maybe it was good that he was there still, because yeah. where else would he have been? Exactly. But you, you know what I'm also, saying? It, when, when the Hulker left in the later part, he was literally like keeping the company afloat. Flair and Hogan were there both until around the same time. 
Yeah, but I'm talking well, about... Flair like, was I'm there till the very I'm end. I'm talking the very end, yeah. Well, I don't think he kept them afloat. I think they were just pissing money and away. That, and that was linked to the whole, the Ric Flair promo. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. The, all, promo the promo and the jacket but, and the pants. Yeah, I but, know. Like mean, you were saying, woo by God, Gene. I get it. it to to rewind back it to It still Hulk wasn't good, though. And, and Hulk's reinvention versus Ric Flair's reinvention, right? Yeah, well, Ric Flair was like a de-evolution. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I, I do. I, I just think that it's... I think wrestling fans, they really like when their characters are serious. And what Ric Flair did versus what Hogan was doing at the time, um, Ric Flair went a more silly direction with the Ric Flair character, where Hogan was in this very serious, but still a little goofy, but he still had this like very, like, I gotta be the champion thing. Like I guess, Quinn, I think Flair after 96 is not the same anymore. I think that's really his last hurrahs around 96 or so. That's my preference, and I'm not saying that as a fact, but yeah, I, that's around I, the last gasp for him. I disagree. The, the, I know the, you the, do. the talker is still there. The talker is still there. I don't know that he ever cut what I'd call a good promo after that. Maybe the, the one the you Eric were talking Bischoff about. The Eric Bischoff one is just a, that's a classic. Yeah, I know that, but I mean, again... Prefer- a lot of this comes down to yeah. preference, right? A lot of this yeah. does, whether you like it or not. Right. But if we're talking about who kind of overall career-wide is the more effective talker, the one thing I have to say, and I'm trying to be as fair to Flair as possible. I really am. You know yeah. I don't like him that much. I know. That's you why, know that. That's why I have I'm being to, my best. That's why I have to put my foot down a little bit. You can in, put in, it down. In, it's in okay. some of the defending some stuff with Ric Flair. I don't think that Hulk Hogan could have done what Ric Flair did. Okay. But I am positive Ric Flair could not have done what Hulk Hogan did in the WWF. There's absolutely no way. He couldn't appeal to kids the way Hulk Hogan did. No. And he couldn't, couldn't have carried to them to national could, could Rick global Flair do success. Imagery and like the style. Yes. But maybe, but it would have been out of place. He already, he already was doing it, is my point. But it would have yeah. been out of place. Yeah. I don't think Hogan could have done what Flair did and, and done these promos with the eloquence. Right. That Ric Flair did in the 80s and just the, the details and the nuance. I don't think Hogan was that. Yeah. But I really don't think that Ric Flair could have carried the WWF to global success, to pop culture awareness the way Hulk Hogan did. Yeah. But we're not talking about, we're talking about That's talking. part right? of talking ability. Well, here's the thing is uh, to, to defend Flair a little bit here also is that his, what I like about Ric Flair over the Hulk is that I think the range of emotions is a little wider than what Hulk does. Ric Flair has made me cry, he's made me laugh, you know, like just anything, he's made me smile, just any little emotion that I could possibly do. The one thing I never had with the Hulk was that I never had a, where he could make me cry or sad or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's like not what he does it's like this one little gap in his like emotional wheelhouse where I feel I, I, like if maybe Hulk's like a four tool player and Ric Flair's a five tool or maybe Hulk, both are a five tool player but Ric Flair's a six tool player yeah, you know maybe. what I'm saying you know what I mean like I think things happening to Hogan elicited a uh, a response you know like when Earthquake squashed him but you're right Hogan in a promo it was never easy it was always hard to to feel bad for him. Right. Maybe. Maybe the plastic surgery one. I, I wasn't there at the time. I wasn't yeah. a you know, little, little Hulkamaniac. Listen. You were feeling angry for him, though. Not, not sad yeah, for him. Right. Because they tried so many times, like you said, with the like, earthquake and like, sure. this, this is really cheesy. Right. When, when they try to make you feel sad for Hulk. With Tugboat and all that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put it this way, because I don't want to keep 
volleying back and forth here. My comparison about what Flair could have done versus what Hogan could have done, and there was, you know, if they cro- if they switched, yeah, it didn't happen. So, it, it, what happened is what happened, and I'm going to put Ric Flair at number one only because I I don't feel bad about doing that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I don't want to sit here for three hours and try to debate right. this back and forth. This one went long, and yeah. I, I I mean, and it's fair that it did. It's Hulk and Ric Flair. Yeah, I mean, like what are we going to do, right? Yeah, and I listen as much as I poo poo. Later era, Ric Flair, believe me, I understand the talent the man had as a talker, the effectiveness that he had, and what he did. He didn't have to do what Hogan did, and Hogan didn't have to do what Flair did, so my point is stupid, and uh, I will put Flair (laughs) at number one. Okay. Not even reluctantly. I I feel okay about it, but Hogan, I just want to point it out for the record, I think is actually very underappreciated at times uh, as a talker and for what he did. Sure. Agreed? Agreed. All right, so folks, again, let us know what you think, because a lot of this is subjective, and Quinn and I try to do our very best to actually not be, you know, just preferential here and really put the science together. So at number one, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. It's Ric Flair. Number two, Hulk Hogan. Number three, Steve Austin. And number four is The Rock. And that's just four. That's just the four right now. I mean, uh, this this month or second or whatever, this is... Jeez. Uh, so, folks, obviously, let us know what you think. Do it on Twitter. Do it on the group. Or shoot us an email. But when we come back, when, let's go to Vegas, okay? Yeah, sure. Let's we, see we, what, need, we need some, a break. We need a break. Let's go out to the desert. Let's go out to Vegas. See what kind of wrestling they have out there. It is the NWC. And it is coming up right after this. Bobby, they tell me that Hogan is in the gym training harder than he ever has in his entire life for his upcoming match with the real world's heavyweight champion. Hogan, it's too late. You can run, but you can't hide. Now, if I were you, I'd make plans on how to explain to all those little kids and all those people in Hollywood how for years you've ducked Ric Flair. How for years you've ducked the challenge of the real world's heavyweight champion. Think about it, Hulk. Now you got to walk the long, immortal aisle and face Ric Flair, the real world's champion. Hogan, I'm waiting. Woo! You know something, Ric Flair? Everything you said, brother, out here the last few weeks hasn't made much sense. But there's one thing, dude, that you hit the nail on the head with. And that's the fact that Hulk Hogan has gone back to training, brother, harder than he ever has. Oh, yeah, I've toppled the Giants, man. Andre the Giant, all the natural disasters, brother. But I got a special place in my heart for you, Ric Flair. For ten years, dude, I watched you as a great big fish. It looked like you were swimming in a little pond, brother, because you were laying low and hiding from Hulk Hogan, dude. You know the WWF title from Madison Square Garden is the only real title. And what you're going to do, Ric Flair, when Hulk Hogan and my Hulkamaniacs run wild on you? Hello, wrestling fans. It's Joe here. And while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show. Check out the New Day podcast hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston 
and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique. It's quirky. It's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking about Smoky Mountain and the NWA. It's Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show. The New Day Podcast. Greetings from Allentown and Booking the Territory. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 183. And Quinn, we are here in Vegas. We're in Vegas. Here Roll in the-, the dice. Never <laughs> look back. Never think twice. Your money, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the winner? Mikey's the winner. <laughs> Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Anyway, uh, here we are, folks, to do NWC. That's right. This is the (laughs) (sighs) NWC. How do you find this stuff? (laughs) This one, of course, comes from Richard Land. And uh, he wanted us to do this one, so thanks, Richie. It's a national wrestling conference, Quinn. You never heard of this? What about the American Wrestling Conference? We don't talk about that one. They're going to... Fight at the Super Bowl or something. <laughs> so, folks, uh, I'll give you details on this promotion as we get into it. All I'm going to say is it was short-lived, but it actually lasted longer than I would have thought. And Wait, I want to tell you more about that later. But, Quinn, this um, this wasn't that bad. It wasn't the worst, but it wasn't good either. It wasn't really good. I don't, I don't know how to put it. We're going to break it all down for you, folks, as we get into this little Las Vegas promotion here. This is NWC Slammin. That's Slammin. the name of the show. It's so 90s. <laughs> like, very... you know, they're like, what is a hip term? Yes. Slammin. And there's no G. It's an apostrophe yeah, after I, the end. I N. Yeah. Slammin. Slam in. Now, this aired on July 8th, 1995, Quinn. Yes. 95. Yes. And this is their first show. Yes. <laughs> Who was starting a wrestling company in 1995? <laughs> Especially after I've like yeah, really. heard, I heard Jim Cornette talking about just the financial climate at the time. Of Smoky Mountain and stuff. Like and just how it was like the worst time yeah. to like start a wrestling company. It was. Let's be honest yeah. here. Uh, so yes, this is uh, NWA Slam NWC, not NWA Slamming, and this is their first show, Quinn. So we get an inspired opening here with a shot of Las Vegas and then clips of Sabu. Okay, Virgil versus Terry Funk. What the Honky Tonk Man? Jim Neidhart, and of course, <laughs> speaking of 90s, yeah. under all of this is, y'all ready for this? Fucking jock jams. <laughs> like, literally, I don't even think it's like the original song. I really think it's like the ESPN jock jams like edition. Seriously, it yeah. might be. Because that that's that one was like super popular in the mid-90s. I think 95 oh, is like when that came out. The, the, yeah. Or 94, the original jock Maybe jams. Maybe 94, yeah, but yeah. it was around this time. It's very yeah. of its time. I gotta give them that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes, we get a logo that says it is the now National Wrestling Conference slamming. Very hip, but like, who the hell is this? Seriously, <laughs> who is, what the hell am I watching? Okay, so let me get into it now. So this promotion actually started running shows in 94, not on TV. This is their right. first television they episode. They seem to be acknowledging some kind of phantom history, history yeah. that exists, <laughs> right, even that though we don't, like, know I don't know any of it. Right. And uh, yeah, they started in 94, and their first champion, we won't spoil the current one, but their first champion, guess who it was? <laughs> Hunky? No. Tito Santana, of course. Uh, I love it. AWF? I love it. 
Oh my, not this again well, where we get like really old men to be the first champion. And I love Tito. You know, he's a yeah. big fan of our show, obviously. Oh yeah, huge. Huge fan. Uh, but yes, that's where uh, that's where we started. It was 94. And we are now in the Silver Nugget Casino brought to you by UltraZone, the ultimate laser adventure. Brought to us by Laser Tag. Literally. That should show you what we're dealing with here. And also Comp 92.3 FM. That's a horrible name for a radio station. Can I just say Comp? K-O-M-P. Comp. Uh, comp. Oh, and a uh, Funtasmic, some family entertainment place, uh, and an auto parts store. Because wrestling, yeah, of course, there's always <laughs> auto parts involved. Yeah. And we're joined by the Dr. T.C. Martin. Why is he a doctor? I am your doctor, T.C. Martin. Can someone explain this to me? The whole time I'm like, what is he like referring to? I'm, I'm a doc. Name. That's his name. They're like, call me Doc. And Big Al Lorenz. The guru of professional wrestling, Big Al Lorenz. Who the hell are these people? <laughs> well, okay. Wait, he's not even big. No, he's not. He's, he's not, regular. He's around the like the other guy's skinny, but they're the same height. Yeah, Alan, no Alan, TC Doc over here. Whatever. <laughs> no one's really big. Yeah, uh, TC Martin Quinn. You're not going to believe this. He's the uh, promoter and the founder of this. One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so TC Martin, who looks like Bill Nye, the science guy. He reminds me of like maybe like an older Donnie Jeffcoat. <laughs> kind of. Like if you know who that is, TC Martin, folks was the promoter and founder of this promotion, okay? And, Quinn, he still to this day has, like, a sports radio show. He was a radio personality. What? Yes. What made him want to start wrestling? Don't it know. must have been cheap because the, the whole wrestling economy was, like, done. Maybe. By this point, it's probably like, oh, you hire these guys for a couple bucks. Like, you're, like you're running a carnival or something. Maybe he got some good deal with the Silver Nugget because yeah. I looked it up, and I'll tell you the rest of the history now. All of their shows for 94 and 95 were at the Silver Nugget. All of them. Okay. okay. Makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. When you're starting out. And then they went on a hiatus. Their last one was like October of 95 and came back in mid-96. Still at the Silver Nugget. Then they had some sporadic shows again in 97 in Sacramento. They moved. Now, I'm thinking once we get to like the boom period, they, of course, are probably capitalizing. No? like I don't know the history yeah. too much, but... They actually ran all the way until 98, believe it or that, not. That makes sense, yep. based on like what yep. you're saying. Like They, they invested into this small piece of shit, <laughs> and then they they, they did, probably never thought, oh, it's going to be popular. They thought, maybe we can run some shows, make a quick buck That's or whatever. That's probably all it was. And then, and then, like, wait, wrestling's popular now? Yeah. Oh, shit. So and we better they, get going Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So 98 seems about the time yep. where they begin again and stop. So four years this lasted on and off, even though you wouldn't think it by watching right. this. Yeah. You know, it seems like it was maybe a one and done, but no, they were there for a while. Anyway, this big Al guy he he definitely looks like a mafioso or something. We hit the deer and his paw. What do you call it? The paw. The paw. Big off. And the audio is junky. They need pop filters. Like every plosive you could possibly imagine is happening mm-hmm. there. City to come to the Silver Nugget Pavilion to see what exactly is going on in the NWC. What is going on? I will tell you exactly what is happening here. But anyway, T.C. Martin calls this the most high-flying, dangerous wrestling of all time. This is like ECW Junior, basically, if that can be a thing. Yeah, it can they be. They have ECW people. <laughs> they do, yeah. And I gotta say, the roster sounds impressive. Yeah, Sabu is the champ Sabu now. is the champ, yeah. yeah. And Al Lorenz is like, oh, you're so right! Yeah, doing his best Lord Alfred impression. I couldn't believe, like, that was the first thing Al said. He's like, you're so right, Doc! <laughs> yeah. Like, it was like, what? You're so right, Doc. But he seriously looks like he's about to sell me a fake Rolex or something, this yeah, big Al guy, man. This is very shady. <laughs> the, the other people are shady, too. A lot of people yeah. in this are shady. Uh, we hard cut to ringside now where 
Jim Neidhart enters the ring wearing his 1994 attire. His opponent, Gwen, is Cincinnati Red. No, I feel like we've seen Cincinnati Red in some really junk, like, early 90s thing. Was he, like, in that, like, ECW pilot, possibly? Maybe, or Nawa or something? Yeah, it does seem like the the places where he would be. What what a stupid (laughs) name. Just name him after the baseball team. That's all it is. I don't get it. It's Pete Rose, actually. Are the Cincinnati Reds, are they referring to some other thing? Like, no. I, what is a red? Cincinnati red. What is Well, they that? were the red legs originally. I think they shortened it. Okay. Red legs because they were wearing red is socks. Ref- is that referring? I don't know. It's like a Midwest thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Who knows what goes on in the Midwest? Anyway, yeah. TC Martin and uh, Big Al here are also on commentary. As TC says, they're packed to the rafters here at the Golden Nugget or Silver Nugget, whatever nugget, bronze nugget. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's even rafters in this building, but fine. Anvil immediately attacks Cincinnati Red, who definitely looks like a 1983 jobber. Mm-hmm. And the ref looks like he just got off touring with Goo Goo Dolls as an opening band or something. He's like Heroin Hogan in his younger days. <laughs> a little like, bit, he right? looks like a skinny, like before Heroin beefed up and cut his hair a little shorter. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like what he looks like or it's heroin hogan's son we get a beal toss by the anvil and this looks less like a casino honestly and more like my middle school gym the crowd chants we want brett well i mean anvil was a crappier heart foundation member to be fair <laughs> especially by 94 by 95 way, right you say this looks like a high school gym yeah what i actually wonder is it one of those like casinos but it's not on the vacant like it's off the strip like it's like <laughs> you know like one of those ones that's in like reno or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like you know, the, that's the, a good the, point, the, actually. you know how, like, gambling is technically legal in the whole state, but most of the state's a desert, so there's just a couple of other towns? No, it's actually on the boulevard. Okay. I just looked it up here. But anyway, Anvil uh, boots red out of the ring here. As people kind of, like, mumble, maybe sort of care. Yeah, pretty much. Like, where's the... Where's Brett? <laughs> or where's the gambling? Like, you know, because they're not really here for this. There's where's, no way. Where's the buffet? Yeah. The announcers talk about Cooper Scoopers and Marge Shot. This just came up out of nowhere, and it's really the only time I ever <sighs> even noticed the commentators because they really weren't saying anything. They don't else, say much. Anything yeah. useful other than they said Pooper Scooper once. Marge Shot was the rather volatile owner of the Cincinnati Reds, for the record. In oh. case you were wondering what the reference was, Great. get it? Because the Cincinnati Red, Marge yeah, Shot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Anvil drags Red back up to the apron, forearm back down again, back in the ring, corner whip by Nightheart, and he celebrates for no reason. Irish whip and a sunset flip attempt by Red, but Anvil with another forearm. Clothesline sets red down again. Big body slam now by Neidhart and a camel clutch, which is called a jackknife by T.C. Martin, because what the hell? Now uh, getting a red in like a jackknife position. Gets the win there. Total junk. Yes, very junk. No offense by the Cincinnati Red, I don't think. And not even Anvil, just forearms and shit. Crappy. The announcers have great voices, though. I'm going to give them that, but that's it. They don't say anything that matters. Well, it's a radio guy. He knows what to say on the mic. Yep, good point. I looked up Al Lorenz, could not find anything on him so if you want to investigate first guys Lorenz, that he might name. be in witness protection <laughs> or he sounds like he's involved with baseball Bob Lorenz Bob Lorenz that's who I'm thinking of he's shitty yeah. I don't like him I, he stinks you're right <laughs> he, that's the guy in like the studio yeah, but he who sucks. sometimes rolls up his sleeves with, if the game's intense with you know? Jack Curry yeah if I was telling my catchers what to do Bob I would show that tape of Ryan Hannigan that studio <laughs> shit on yes is horrible I've said this for years, Joe. Like, one of the things that, like, I'm not even joking, made me not want to watch Yankee games as much was just, like, yes became so intolerable to me, like, to the point where I was like, I hate this fucking channel. I hate every person that works for this channel. They're all bad. Even Coney? It's like... And O'Neal? Yeah, but Coney... 
feels like a fucking guest. <laughs> like they feel like they come in just for the day. Yeah. Like they don't they don't go True. to the, the the production meetings or anything <laughs> like that. Yes is like doing its own fucking thing, and they're horrible. Jack Curry. It's no wonder that like my cable provider doesn't even carry them anymore. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like I can't even watch. There's no baseball this season, but you know I can't even like watch a game if I wanted to once they come back because <laughs> you don't say, have yes. Huh? Yeah. Anyway, we get the. KOMP replay because that's really important. It's like the last 15 seconds of this match. It's horrible. <laughs> yes. like, which, like, it's the last 15 seconds, which we just saw 15 yeah. <laughs> seconds ago. It's horrible. There's no point. It's like immediate the replay. <laughs> Back to some dork now uh, named Bill Anderson who hypes up a show later this month, which he says is going to be one of the greatest wrestling events of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, mark down July 22nd, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., Tickets on sale now for one of the greatest extravaganza wrestling events of all time. This Bill Anderson is a very, like, pointy man. And what I mean by that, he's literally, like, pointing yeah, a lot. A like, pointy. It's going to be the greatest wrestling event yeah. of all time. Like, calm. Stop it. Calm. Yeah. Uh, but why will it be the greatest wrestling event ever, Quinn? It's because the Ultimate Warrior is coming, and he's facing the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, the Honky Tonk Man. Wait, what? This <laughs> is, like, actually a rematch I want. Yeah, no, like, I'm, they have something here. Here's the thing. It's, as much as we're going to, like, make fun of how cheap and stupid this company is. Of course. That's an actual something. That's a something. That's a, that's no, a match them. people would, like, actually want to see. I will give them Because we're not that. even, like, what? What, we're like six, seven years removed? Seven. That's not that bad for sure. like a rematch. <laughs> I guess. Seven. Seven? Uh, honky I man. mean, nowadays, like, like I'm just thinking like John Cena and Randy Orton, they've been around a long ass time. It's like if they rematch seven years later, if they hadn't fought for seven years, it's not like you would be like, oh, those guys are very old, you know? Yes, I would. You think? Yes. I don't think of them as old. I don't know why. Well, they are. Yeah. Uh, honky now wanders in and Quinny's wearing his black jumpsuit like already looking like the 97 rockabelly version yeah, yeah it's real at some point he just stopped wearing different jumpsuits yes. and, like the black one was just, just like well you can't i guess if he spilled something on it, it would be as hard like it's much easier That's to why. clean it's true he bitches about having to face the warrior again and he actually refers to his wwf run and all that he's very yelly and it's like he finally went like over the edge it's like no jimmy to like help him yeah no like, yeah because jimmy encouraged him if jimmy was there oh my god uh, this actually would be really good like, it would be like, awesome <laughs> jimmy Hart, baby we got we're back <laughs> oh we're coming for you warrior baby you know yeah, like it would have been amazing yeah if you could reunite jimmy and honky again that would have been great yeah seriously uh but honky rants about how he's gonna shake rattle and roll and break the warrior's neck before leaving i knew from the beginning it was a conspiracy against me it's not gonna happen but i promise you warrior i'm gonna take you down i'm gonna shake rattle and roll you i'm gonna break your neck and then we get WWF footage of the Warrior. There's no way any of that is legal. <laughs> no There's way. just no way. Absolutely they did not. not contact them. It's impossible. No, no way. Uh, now, again, I know they act like this is a rematch that never took place, even though it did for like months, including on NBC on Saturday night's main event. So just come. nobody remembers that though, Joe. To be fair, <laughs> okay, no one fine. remembers the rematches, and they're all proud that they signed him. It's because nobody else wants the Warrior in 19. This is like right True. before like. He even had contact with Vince again. Yep, yep. This is before Vince wanted them back. Yeah. WCW, I, well, you know, WCW wanted them. I don't know why they didn't get him. Probably Warrior didn't want to. They probably, wanted him. It was probably about money. Of course. What else because would it be about? Because once WCW had the money to give him in 98 or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like, he went right over there. Oh, he did. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? Like, did. once WCW was like, Maybe Warrior had some, money. Maybe WC, Warrior had some kind of, like, minimum you had to pay him. And Bischoff's like, fuck it. Which makes me wonder... 
is if this company was willing, they were stupid enough to pony up like, like whatever his minimum was. Hey, to, I mean, to show up. To I'll give them credit. Warrior was still very much a name, right? In 1995, no, Warrior that. could like demand that money. Yep, he was like on par with like Hulk as far as like legend status. Yeah, and in, Macho in, in 1995, Man. Macho before Man, he was yeah. like tarnished by the DVD sure. and all that. Well, yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, if they're using Warrior footage illegally, they got to be using Jock Jams illegally, right, right uh, Quinn? There's none. Of, nothing is legal on <laughs> no. this. Imagine using licensed music on a program. Backstage with Al Lorenz, who hypes up this promotion more, including a death match. And yes, he actually says death match. You've seen the desert death match. That ended up in a nacho stand because nothing says violence, Quinn, like liquid cheese. I really think he just wanted to say nacho stand in that <laughs> sentence. I'm not kidding. Yeah, probably. Like, Wouldn't just, you? It was so deliberate. Yeah. It just... You know, he wanted to be like, look, I'm really funny. Yeah, deathmatch you know? in the nacho stand. Yeah, get exactly. It? Uh, however, Quinn, it's going to get crazier here because the NWC has found the ultimate warrior. We know. <laughs> didn't they they just... told us like a million times already and we're not even that far in. Yeah, didn't we literally just hype this? <sighs> it's so frustrating. This is really all they have, isn't it? Yeah. Like, this is it. And Jim Neidhart. <laughs> <sighs> not even. They got a little bit more wrestler-wise. I mean, as far as like... Anything to be excited about. The crux about. of yeah, why crux you want to watch why this. the show is on yeah. the air is to tell you that the Warriors facing the Honky yes, Tonk Man. definitely. Uh, Lorenz rambles on and on about this Warrior Honky match. He's veering into, like, coronary territory with his yelling. He needs to shut up. <laughs> needs to stop. He is very too excited. So, anyway, we have a tag team match now, which features Aerial Assault. That's the team of Rob Van Dam, first of all. Mm-hmm. The RVD. The, and he's already RVD. The RVD, yes. Yep. And Bobby Bradley. Wait, Bo? Is this actually This him? is Bob Bradley. So, the Bob Bradley, folks. This whole match, Joe, yes. I was trying to like, is that him? He had this like blue singlet thing on and he was a little chubby. He had and a he, ponytail. He, he had a ponytail and he wasn't like muscly. No, he wasn't. He just looked like an old fat, not even an old fat guy. He looked like a young, a, a fat, young guy. fat guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's Bob Bradley. The Bob Bradley. It's <sighs> amazing. amazing. That's incredible that he was still around and in 1995. He, he stayed until the end. Like he was there on their last show in 98. It's amazing. He lives on. He's so good. Their opponents are Blackhawk. And who and Carrie Love? What? Ew, <laughs> I know. Anyway, uh, Bradley starts with Love here. Irish whip exchanges followed by a clothesline from Love. Corner whip by Love, but Bradley hops on the ropes, lands a sunset flip. Same ref, by the way, as the first match. The hard cam is all shitty now. By the way, yeah, it's like all sideways, and, like <laughs> tilted. Yeah, I can't see shit. Yeah, this is why I also couldn't tell if it was Bo Bradley the whole time uh, yeah. because, like, I was like, all I was doing was like I was squinting specifically <laughs> at Bob Bradley. Trying or Bobby Bradley, Bobby Bradley, like yes. trying to. It's like, is that him? Yeah, is that him? I can't see. Side head like that by Love, but Bradley with a suit play to escape Van Dam and with a flying body press for two, and then some karate. Remember when RVD was like also supposed to be related to Jean Claude Van Damme or something? I love that gimmick. I do too. I, I think that's a great idea because Jean Claude Van Damme, especially in the early nineties, if you don't like remember, like seriously, like he was so fucking popular. Oh god, like, yeah. He was like Bruce Lee of the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, he was like, like, no, he fucking knows karate. (laughs) Like, I saw him beat the shit out of those guys in that fucking movie. Also, Guile and Beat Up Bison. And um, what's what's the Blood Sport? I mean, a karate kid. Uh, Kickboxer, yeah, Yeah. Blood Sport. I love Universal Soldier. He's in a lot of stuff that I like. Anyway, uh, Blackhawk in now with his pajamas, but he gets monkey flipped by RVD. 
Springboard body press by Van Dam gets two. Bradley is back in with an awful double super kick by the faces to send Blackhawk to the outside. And then Bob Bradley with a very questionable headbutt from the top rope to the outside. Back in and the cover gets one as Carrie Love breaks up the count. Irish whip by Blackhawk into a side slam. Slingshot backbreaker by Blackhawk. Carrie Love gets back in as RVD tries to rile up the crowd. Carrie is dressed like a Kmart Bret Hart, by the way. Can I just point that out? He really is like, he's like low rent Bret Hart. Used to call us Hart Mart. Yeah, yeah Hart Mart. <laughs> yeah. TC Martin now, Quinn, calls the NWA, NWC fans the greatest and loudest, as you can literally hear like crickets like farting. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. They're just like, can we gamble now? Yeah. Like, uh, it's Vegas. Why, why are they watching this? I, I don't know. It must They're be like free. They're like in a casino. Yeah. Like, there's better things to do. <laughs> it must be free entertainment like, yeah. when you stay there, right? Seriously, I'm not yeah, kidding. That, it must be. If you have a room there, you probably get to just wander in. Why wouldn't they be at the craps table? Like, you well, know, this is craps. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they already are at the craps table. Pooper yeah, scoopers. Yeah, yeah, pooper scoopers. <laughs> Body slam by Levin and he dropped double clothesline both men down. And I'm going to say it again. The announcers have good voices and they give a shit but that's it you know yeah. what i mean they care a double team on robbie v and v puts uh, the blackhawk into the ropes here we go monkey flip good they're enthusiastic that's it see you know what i wonder that's the thing about vegas it's probably actually really easy to start a wrestling promotion because <laughs> everyone no but in all seriousness there's like a lot of entertainers that work there in general like not sure. not mainstream but like Wayne enter- Newton entertainers of like all calibers meaning like yeah. professional entertainers that's what they do out there so yeah. like getting announcers is probably super simple in Vegas people can like actually True, talk on yeah. a microphone yeah you just and find it, someone with experience doing something like this yeah they, these guys were like competent they were yeah, they, they really they, were they, they, it's surprising actually that wrestling doesn't like go to Vegas to find their announcers if they like have like really bad ones like yeah, right. you know like Vince all these years looking for people all you yeah, can do is just go to Vegas. Vegas there's probably tons of guys that are like you know they're working at the Copacabana like just like announcing that some yeah. shit is on the bunch of MCs yeah. professional in front of an audience but these are professional right. fucking people that's right but, yeah TC Martin's good yeah he's okay <laughs> both men up now Bradley flips out of a backdrop attempt and lands a spinning kick tag down to RVD who kicks the crap out of love with his karate as a snapmare gets two body slammed by RVD and a standing moonsault gets two as Al Lorenz brings up Eduardo Carpentier for fun I don't, what was that I don't know I don't that was a weird that, reference that was out of nowhere very 60s and I, and I was like thinking about <laughs> yes. it I was just like what is he talking RVD now lands a sunset flip off the apron on Blackhawk to the outside. And Bob Bradley with a somersault plancha <laughs> over the ropes on the carry love. This is Battle Cat days really paying off. There, there you go. This was cool, and this match is actually okay. It's not bad. Like, seriously. No, it's really yeah. not bad. Everyone's down, but the faces get up first. They toss Blackhawk into the ring. RVD with a flying neck breaker uh, off the ropes for two. Dumpy, yeah. Very like ECW <laughs> early days yeah. RVD. Like, I feel like when he got to WF, he actually, like, he wasn't as sloppy anymore. Yeah, he hit his spots a little better, maybe. Yeah. He, he actually, like, in by like 06 or whatever when they made him WF champ he rarely like fucked up no he was good yeah he was 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 actually really good he like he's one of those ECW guys who actually refined himself on like like Sabu Sabu (laughs) tag to Bradley now as RVD scales the ropes Bradley goes for a powerbomb and then RVD somersaults off the ropes to complete the powerbomb awesome finish very ECW hell yeah but in a good way and that's it that was a good match Uh, we go back to Bill Anderson again who says (laughs) NWC (laughs) Is the, like why do you got to say this? Like the Remember, number, yeah, the number one promotion in the whole sport. Like, look, I get hyperbole. I get that WF's an aircraft hangar. I right understand, now. Yeah. but 
by what means can they actually justify that statement? They got the Ultimate Warrior. That's really like I'm serious. Like that's okay, probably okay. like why they think they can make these claims right now. And I'll give them some kudos here because now Bill Anderson brings in Cactus Jack. Yeah, that was out of nowhere. They didn't even like say he worked here. <laughs> no like he wasn't even in the intro. I was like, what the hell's going on, Cactus? That's good. That's really good. Yeah. So Mick cuts a very Mick Foley promo in a good way. I mean, mm-hmm. about how he's crazy, but I'm also a sensitive man. He also has a dream that one day every surgeon in Nevada will know his name because he like hurt all the time. <laughs> yeah, get it. Yeah. It's like Tim Allen, Tim. Toolman Taylor, you yeah. know, they know him at the ER. That's what Foley wants. There you go. Wants everyone to know who he is. Every surgeon in Nevada will know my name! And he calls up Mr. Hughes? <laughs> yeah. What? He's here? And he calls Brother <laughs> Virgil? It's amazing. Brother Virgil. Brother Vir- what is he, Brother There's a Love? lot of names for Virgil, and it's <laughs> just Virgil, Superstar Virgil, yeah. Brother Virgil. Yeah. Crazy. He says he's going to put them out of the sport. Oh, and he's also going to kick Sabu's ass as well. As then Cactus says, uh, Dr. Jock Kevorkian, he's his favorite wrestler. Right, which is something, that's a that's an old Cactus yeah. Jack line. I, Very. Dr. Jack Kevorkian's favorite wrestler. He yeah. used to always say that. He did, yep. And he bang bangs his way out of here. Good stuff. It was. Good promo. Yeah. <laughs> now we go to the ring. <laughs> For Larry Powers versus Little Haystacks. I can't even make this shit up. Like, are they stupid? <laughs> Not- Little Haystacks. Lil, yeah, Lil. L-I-L with the apostrophe <sighs> at the end. Lil. Amazing. Uh, Powers is one of the power twins who I know we've seen before they somewhere. They are 100% <laughs> one of those, like, ECW pilots or, or, yeah, or some like, shit. Some shitty promotion, they're there. I yeah. know that. This guy, the whole time, I'm like, I know him. Yeah, we've and seen the power twins. I thought he was, like, that bodybuilder guy for a second in WWF. Broncos? No, the one you really don't like. The one from the 80s. Who? The one from the 80s. Ted Arcidi? Yeah, I, I thought, like him. I thought, what do you mean I don't like? You don't like Ted Yes, I do. He's funny. No, he don't. He's a bad wrestler. Either I way, do I like thought him. He, was, he looked very Ted Arcidi-like or like Fat Hercules, like one or the other. <laughs> he kind of looked like Fat Hercules. Yeah. But anyway, Lil Haystacks is literally just a hillbilly overalls gimmick. That's all it looks is. Looks like a complete doofus. Yeah, it's like he looks like Cousin Junior, like, one of them. And honestly, it's like he wasn't hillbilly enough. It was like literally they found a guy on the street and they said, here are some overalls <laughs> and a white t-shirt now like, go stand here and get beat up yeah horrible i'm not kidding no it's bad uh hey sex lands a few drop kicks but misses and other powers with some stomps the referee looks like george went <laughs> he's just some fat guy Nor- yeah very george here. went <laughs> irish up by powers duck under and haystacks into a crossbody but it's caught in a backbreaker more stomps by powers irish whip and a backdrop by powers and a pile driver by uh larry powers here gets the win now you know how i was saying the other week that that pile driver mick does i like that yeah, this sucks. one was just dumpy oh horrible this, this was even this was much worse god at least this match was short yeah it literally was nothing it was nothing it was just like folks. we need to kill some time so we can hype ultimate warrior more that's it that's yeah. it al lorenz calls haystacks a ham and egger Shut on the replay <laughs> just who the hell is al lorenz to even say that <laughs> Go back to Yes Network yeah, or whatever. Yeah, really. Go talk to Jack Curry. <laughs> yeah. As we get an awkward cut to some video package for, like, I don't even know, for the promotion itself. Dude, there's Cactus Jack, there's Midgets, there's more. What are we watching here, Quinn? <laughs> some crazy lady and, like, dirty wrestlers beating people up. The song is, like, talk about serious. <laughs> I, I, what even is that? I, why are there Midgets? Why is Little Tokyo <laughs> in it? Like, what is all this? It's horrible. It's like this promotion, seriously, is trying to be ECW. You're right, with the yeah. video packages. 
talk about series, more like talk about shitty wrestling. <laughs> I don't know what I just watched. None of this know. stuff was even in the show. <laughs> no, like, like Greg Valentine works here. Yeah, he's looking very old. Oh yeah, you know, like that a that AWF style Valentine, the one that sits on the like the couch with like Brutus Beefcake yeah. and eats pasta. You know, like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not even good pasta yeah. either. You know what I mean? Just you know, it's not just good. Drop the kids off at soccer practice like that. <laughs> Greg Valentine. <laughs> Back to TC Martin now, who hypes up the Warrior Honky match again. He says this match has been five and a half years in the making, even though it hasn't been. Uh, $18 for ringside. Oh my god. $10 for general admission, so that's not too bad. Also, Bobby Bradley and RVD are going to be in action. Wonderful. Now, I gotta say this about T.C. Martin. He has the cadence of Joey Styles with the energy of Herb Abrams, and that's not really an insult. It's just an observation. July the 22nd, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. You gotta get your tickets now because they are going fast, 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 fast. Get them now. $18 for ringside and only $10 for general admission. It's the ultimate warrior and the honky-tonk man and the ultimate return and ultimate revenge. We now go over to Bill Anderson again, who is with the man that threw him out of wrestling. I don't know what this is. Johnny Payne? Who? Johnny Payne, Quinn. Some guy would drool on his beard. (laughs) That's all it is. And he's like, I was in the NCAA and the Iron Sheik sucks or something. I don't even know what I'm watching, Quinn. (laughs) Yeah, tell him, Billy Anderson. Tell him how bad I am. Tell him how bad your neck hurts. I'll tell him how bad you are. You bit an amateur wrestler's ear off during the tournament. He bit an ear and it yeah, tasted what good. What are you talking about? He, he looks like a lot of, he looks like Alistair Black or yeah, like kind one of those of. kind of indie guys. Like, I don't know. He's not good though. Yeah. Uh, we go to ringside now with a very awkward cut where TC Martin uh-huh. is, is with the Iron Sheik for the doctor's office interview segment. Come on. The what is this? Iron Sheik. And Iron Sheik's like, Las Vegas. <laughs> it's something about power men and doing double what other strong men can do. He looks all fat and crappy and like barely <laughs> talked. It's, it's like what you would expect the Iron Sheik to be in 1995. Absolutely. Like 100% <laughs> exactly what you expect. So they talk about the Iranian clubs, which are still a thing, I guess, as we're pretending it's 1983. I cannot believe we're still doing this in 1990. I can't believe it. It's amazing. So she calls out the junkyard dog. He's still around, too? (laughs) So of note here, Quinn, this is very important. The Iron Sheik is wearing short tights, even though he's been pretty much wearing long ones since 87. That's yeah, he's got weird. the Speedo on he's and everything. He's got the Speedo. But, he, but now the belly is even bigger. Woo, it's pushing down that I mean, Speedo. Iron Sheik has been, like, pregnant for, like, many, many years. Oh, like a decade. Like, a, probably, like, 20 years at this point. It's, it, the pregnancy's not over. It keeps getting bigger. Yeah, he's like, not even ba- full term. The babies are growing in it's there. Bad. Yeah. Uh, so Sheik does the fucking club shit as T.C. Martins are counting the reps. Why is this fucking happening, though? Seriously. Like, why? He does 55 of them, though. Maybe because that's his age. I don't know. Like, <laughs> How he, old is he, actually? He probably, like, 55 and 95 seems about right. It might be close. Yeah. He's 53. Uh, yeah. You're damn close. Yeah, it seemed about like yeah. how old he would be in 1995. Yep. And apparently Sheik's going to give $500 to anyone who can even do half of that. So that'd be mm-hmm. 27 and a half reps. So TC <laughs> that's Mar- how it works. Yeah, that's how it works. TC Martin's been trying to find someone in the crowd here, and he's like, Rip your shirt off, big fella. So some some fat guy named Bob from the USA storms in. Specifically from the USA, yeah. What the hell is this? Well, he's going to do like six reps, I think. He looks like fat Quentin Tarantino. He does! He does. He's got that same, like, crunchy face that Tarantino does. Quentin Tarantino, like, until recently, he was, like, very lanky. 
Yes. So it's like it's easy to just like put the fat body and but he has the face of Quentin. It's weird. It's like wearing Quentin Tarantino wearing a fat suit. Yeah. Honestly. It's true. That's what it looks like. Anyway, Big Bob here, shirtless, goes for it, but he sucks ass. So Sheik has to show him how to do it again. And TC Martin's all Bob forgot his brassiere tonight. What an asshole. Like you know, at first I was like, Wow, they're really making fun of this. Like he probably just came here to show and then I was like, wait a second, this He's is fucking Las Vegas wrestling. This they totally planted this Definitely guy. Definitely a plan. Yeah. So Bob and his boobies try again tc doesn't even bother counting the reps because he's all shitty as she kicks bob in balls punches him down al lorenz is flipping out on commentary nwc commissioners won't stand for this yeah, like sure. he is yelled like who's that and that's no one get this guy out of here get him a suspension the nwc commission isn't gonna stand for this I love when these companies that are like super tiny, they like invent some governing body that like, why would anyone fucking care? <laughs> I love like, that they go the extra mile. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like the commissioner, sure. Yeah, sure. Like they, like they can't even afford to like be in a normal building. <laughs> they, they can afford to hire like a commission. Yeah, you gotta say, right? Casino wrestling just never is a good luck, right? Yeah. Never. <laughs> it's really bad. Any promotion that's like, we're live from the Pistane Casino. Right. Not good. I mean, it Sorry. Was, to me, it was like part of the downfall of AWX. Like, the, yeah. a company that used to be prominent, it's like, the best they can do is casinos. Right. Yeah, Heroes of Wrestling yeah. was in a casino. It's just yeah. never good. Anyway, Sheik nails Bob with a club. I'm not sure what the point of it is. As Sheik gets on the mic to call Bob a fat slob, a piss of fat garbage. <laughs> it's actually amazing. It's just the way, you know what it is? It's not the fat it. slob line. It's just the way Iron Sheik says yeah, that. Yeah, the way he says it. He, say, he uh, says it like, the Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like he, but he says, the fat slob. The piss of fat garbage. The piss of fat garbage. <laughs> It's just the way he says the cadence. it. Because that father slob embarrassing to become touch the world champion club. He's a piece of fat garbage. We get another Honky Warrior promo here, and then we go back to ringside where it's time for our main event, folks. That's right. The Honky Tonk Man enters here. As this is real good, we see T.C. Martin in the ring doing the ring announcing and hear him on commentary simultaneously. <laughs> You're not supposed to think about that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Very professional. Uh, we cut to Virgil's entrance now. By the way, they keep calling him Superstar Virgil. Did they, like, know the joke at this point? <laughs> like, I'm serious. Yeah, they do keep calling him Superstar Virgil. Yeah. Like, you know, wrestling Superstar yeah, Virgil, like, the, the meme. known? No, that's from the 2000s, right? Or maybe he already was doing it. And, and was that went, his gimmick? Yeah. I'm Superstar Virgil. Maybe that's, that's the amazing. origin story of like what the, the banner means. That'd be great. If it's referring to this. That'd be awesome. He's wearing his red and white stripies today, and he steals <sighs> Honky's guitar for fun, which I actually laughed at. Honky Tonk Man has a red singlet. Now, and to be honest with you, I actually, and I think I put this in the notes, I thought he was king in the opening because they showed this yes. clip, and like I was like, oh, King wears red singlet thing. And it's, they're both doughy and yeah. fat <laughs> from Tennessee. It's amazing. He looks very King-like. Very. Yeah. Uh, Virgil attacks, tosses Honky inside, but Honky fats into him, knock Virgil back out of the ring. Honky with a junky double axe from the apron, and Virgil is out. I love him. Everything he does is designed to piss you off, yep. and it's wonderful. He's, he's great it's at it. so deliberate. Oh, like the shitty did. offense? Yeah, yeah it's, it's totally deliberate. It's amazing. He knows. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Honky is one of those guys that you only appreciate when you're older yep. and you're like, this guy's a fucking master. He's a genius Like, at he's, it. he's unbelievably good at this. And like, everyone liked working with him because he was very safe. Right, yeah. Seriously, he never hurt anybody. His stuff was easy <laughs> to work. one of the most underrated wrestlers yep. ever. He's really, yep, really yep. good. Yeah. Totally. 
Totally agree. Back inside now, Honky with one of his trademark rubbery stumps. <laughs> Speaking of which, double chin lock by Honky, like all crappy, but <laughs> <laughs> Virgil powers up. Al Lorenz is like, this won't be five or six minutes, this match. This might match might be 15 or 20. Let's push it. I hope not, please. <laughs> Honky with a knee off the ropes and then more of his usual dumpy crap as Virgil slingshots in with a dramatic sunset flip for two. Honky with a punch, though, to send Virgil back down. Chin lock by Honky to really keep this one exciting. Crowd is so mad. Yeah, because like, honky. Fucking stop. Yep, like, yep. They hate him. He's great. And he switches it into a sleeper for a bit as the arm drops once. It drops twice, but no, Virgil's up. Virgil back to his feet now, elbows out, but Honky with some gumby kicks and poor <laughs> dancing. He charges, but Virgil with kicks now. Big rights and lefts. Russian leg sweep by Virgil and a leg drop, and he sets up the million dollar dream. He's still using it. Wow. It is his move. It is his move. Talk to him by million dollar, brother million. <laughs> brother million. And TC is like, he's got the honky tonk man in like the sleeper hole. How does he not know what it is? Like, that's like literally the whole origin story of Virgil. <laughs> I know. Like, they, of course, he knows the million dollar dream because he was like Virgil, right. the stooge of million dollar man. If you're going to like own the promotion and sign the guy, find out the name of his finisher. Yeah. Find out what it looks like. Maybe brush up on the Virgil yeah, storyline a little all. bit. If he wasn't the promoter, I can give him a little slack. Yeah, he should know. But he owns the thing. Herb would definitely know. Herb would have known. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. I know uh, everything about I, I, I love everything. Yeah. Hunky <laughs> escapes with Virgil still in control here off the rope but he misses Virgil does a flying crossbody. what a nerd I know sad uh, honky back up and he grabs his guitar so the ref gives him ship so honky nails him before breaking it over Virgil's head so much for that undefeated streak huh, yeah they what mentioned the hell before. yeah they kept hyping that up yeah the ref uh calls a DQ obviously as honky nails the shake rattle and roll on Virgil and then all of a sudden, JYD actually does a run-in, wearing some hideous shorts and a fanny pack. He's got sandals on. Yeah, he's all bald. Yeah, it's terrible. He looks so old, too. I know, I feel His bad. His hair is, like, gray. I know, I feel bad. I like him. I, don't I, under, I like JYD, too, but what I don't understand is, like... Could he at least put the just for men in for no, this shit? He doesn't shit? care. Yeah, I don't know. He what, doesn't give a could shit. Could he at least wear the JYD gear? It doesn't fit him anymore. Uh-huh. It's very fat. It's, it's spandex. It'll fit. Like <laughs> I like JYD. I really do. I actually like him. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. it's upsetting, yeah. though, because like he doesn't even like care to put the... No. It's like what he wore to the casino today. Getting a pay- he looks like he's dressed like a gambler there. Yeah. yeah, a tourist. Anyway, we hard cut back to Bill Anderson again, as apparently Herb Abrams is editing this show. Jeez, with all the jump cuts. Guess what we're hyping up? Honky Tonk Man wanders in. That's right. Still wearing his black jumpsuit and blathering on about the warrior, <sighs> which is bad because like literally there's stuff going on in the ring with Honky and they're like, it here's doesn't, a, it doesn't matter. Here's yeah. a pre-tape with yeah. him. Bill Anderson kind of looks like Dracula. Yeah, he looks like a Count Dracula. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, we get more of the same WWF warrior footage again. Please stop. They need to calm down. Ugh. Back to ringside so we can get a replay of the DQ finish in JYD short trousers. Yeah, and don't forget the sandals. Sorry, and his yeah. sandals. Yeah. Uh, from there, we get an overhead shot of Vegas again before just signing off. And that was weird. Uh, they definitely had some star power, Quinn. They had the Honky. They had Virgil. They had... Junkyard Dog. Mm-hmm. They had Jim Neidhart. They had Greg Valentine, apparently. They had Cactus Jack, Sabu. Uh, obviously, good roster, but it basically reminded me of the AWF yeah. and the UWF teaming up to emulate ECW. It was, it was very weird. <laughs> you know, it, it was, was just very, like, it was just, I don't know. It was just a throwaway thing. It yeah. was just like, let's make a quick buck. Maybe, that's it. Maybe next carnival in town we can perform right. at it. I that's all, but I, that's the only way I can put it. It was okay, though. It wasn't good, but it was okay. Yeah, okay, too long, considering they had very little to work with, too. Like, God, yeah. Like, this should be 40 minutes, not 45 minutes. And not only that, I mean, 
four promos for this Warrior Honky match. I get it, but it was four? unbelievable. Like we get it, <laughs> we understand. Just so, beginning, middle, and end. That's all. That's There's what be you like need. Three of them. Yeah. Overall, though, yeah, it was interesting. Definitely not something I'd seen before. Now, I didn't I'm, even know it existed no. before. Literally, I turned it on this morning. Now I know. Last week, when I said I wanted to watch Continental again, and before Richard sprung this on us here. Yeah. Can next week, let's agree, we're doing Continental. Okay. I Con- want some... Continental. Good I want Continental some goodness. Good sir. Southern wrestling, man. I Can do like it. Can we get the ones it. that are like, when it's like really junky at the oh, beginning? Oh, you want junky? No, 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 no. Because when it, the thing with Continental that nobody ever remembers is that when it's at its most junky is when it's at its best. Okay. Because they, they have nothing to work with. And they're, and they're like amazing at it. They, they are. Yeah. I like Continental a lot. But folks, this was NWC. This was very bizarre, but it was okay. That's my. I was actually surprised uh, at its competence. Yeah, it, it wasn't was a bad decent. show. <laughs> so anyway, folks, we hope you think this wasn't a bad show either as we've romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. Of course, we will be back next week, and it's official. Continental Championship Wrestling will be reviewing it. But until that time, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at ovppodcast.gmail.com. Join the group, and I want to remind you, if you want to support OVP, We'd appreciate it. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And leave us a review if you can right now on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That would help us out a lot. But until next week, until next time, I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. And we're out of here. See ya. The ultimate return and revenge. On the revenge side, you have a man who's been waiting for this day to happen. He's been begging the promoter to say, bring me this guy. I want him. The honky-tonk man. Currently undefeated in the NWC. He's rambled through everybody. But he didn't know what he was up against when he signed a contract. He signed an open contract with the NWC. And who is he going to face? A man who's not been in a ring in two and a half years. Without a doubt, the greatest superstar of all time. The Ultimate Warrior! The Ultimate Warrior will be here July the 22nd to take on the Honky Talk Man in the Ultimate Return and Revenge. Fans, you better get your tickets early. It's going to be another sellout, ladies and gentlemen. I'm pumped, as you can see. I'm excited. July the 22nd, 7.30 p.m., Silver Nugget Pavilion. You better be there. Stop!